There's nothing about me that's deep. I am extremely shallow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's what we're starting on. (laughs) (laughs) I can't be mad. I just walked directly into that plank. (laughs) (laughs) See, what I do is I get the boys in here, and then I just, like, resume conversation, and I wait for one of you to say something really egregious. (laughs) It hasn't failed me yet. She waits. They wait just long enough for us to say something. For us, just long enough for us to forget that we're being recorded. <laughs> uh, so, downtime, everybody. Downtime, personally. I prefer a matter, baby. You can't. Uh, you can't I that. already got you with that one. No, you didn't get I, me with it. You oh, got me with it. With- with that one. Right, right. <laughs> you tried to get me, and I did not fall for it. Only because Namtab said something first. No, I 100% like thought it in my head first, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I saw the bear trap in my mind. <laughs> Anyways, so this, uh, this downtime is taking place between August 10th and August 23rd. So... Who would like to go first? Shit, I'll go first. Shit, right let's on. be Santa. Hell yeah. You want to do your thing or my thing? Uh, let's do my thing, since your thing is a complete mystery. Okay. So, Roxanne, tell me what's up today. I, Roxanne, the player who is playing Roxanne, <laughs> I'm going to try and uh, reach out to using Emery's connections try and reach out to other Raven cells that see, and see if they have any books or texts that might be like completely untranslatable on the hopes that they might be like you know angel speak that I can translate that might have information that might be useful a lot of mites in there right on right on Alright, so yeah, so you basically ask Emery to put in a call to, I don't know, are you asking for like every state or just the local ones or what? I'll take anything I can get. I mean, there's no reason it should be like, there's no reason that information would necessarily be local. Alright. And I mean, I would probably offer to like help with phone calls like, hey, this is Roxanne Harrison. I work with Emery Parker. Uh, I was hoping to find out, do you have any, like, untranslated texts that you, untranslatable texts that you've been holding on to? I'm trying to get some information on something kind of stuff. Right, right, right. So you do get a whole bunch of hits. That's just because magic be weird. Unfortunately, for, like, the longest time, None of them are, are of any use to you. Am I going to have to call New York? You're not going to have to call New York. In fact, Emery, like, takes five minutes to steal themselves before they call New York. Ah. Uh. And, uh, you basically get that even if Wei had anything, he wouldn't have handed it over. But... As I said, you you 
keep getting results and none of them are of any use to you until you get a fax from the head of the organ cell. From where? Organ. Organ. Huh. As in the trail. As in the state? The place where the trail ends, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Oregon. So you get a you get a fax, rather Emery gets a fax and they turn it over to you from one Mr. Saul Alderman with a note on the there's there's a bunch of text on it, and then there's a note at the bottom that says, Call me, and there's a phone number. Better call Saul. God damn it, I was gonna make that joke. Fuck you. <laughs> you know you have to be a quick draw around make me. It. You know this. Make it anyway, and then Cat will cut out the part where Ape beat you to it. No. <laughs> Chloe has more pride than that. I will not steal joke valor. <laughs> I am braver than the troops. Anyway. Hey. Hey. Supreme Court ruled that stolen valor is free speech. That's true. It's okay, I can make that joke. At least one of my friends is a troops. Um. (laughs) 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 Okay, uh. No, but for real, I need to call Saul. So, you ring up the number and you get, All right, so is this, uh, is this Roxanne then? Uh, yeah. Is this, uh, is this, I assume this is Saul then? It is. Good to, good to talk to you. Yeah, uh, what'd you, what'd you need? Okay, so I, I didn't want to type all these words out, just figure I'd say them to you over the phone. So there's, yeah. there's two things here. We've had this, like, old-ass piece of parchment in our stores for God ever, but, uh, yeah, was never able right. to translate it. And, uh, so we sent it over to you. Two things. Number one, when I say old ass, I'm talking on the order of like, like I, I turned it over to like a lab tech buddy of mine, and he actually did some carbon dating on it, and we're we're talking in the order of like five thousand years or so. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, there's this chunk of so that you got a whole bunch of text there that you can see. At the bottom of the parchment, there's a chunk of text that, like, doesn't scan into my computer. Mmm. Hmm. Doesn't like, scan I to in. Take a pic- yeah. Can't take a picture of it either? Nope. Yeah. <sighs> I bet you wouldn't be able to copy it by hand either, but... Uh, uh... I mean, I can get... I can get someone to do it. My penmanship's pretty shit. Um, shit. Well, let's, I don't want to make you do a bunch of work for nothing. Let me try reading what's here and let me see if it's relevant first before I make you do a bunch of shit you don't need to do. But like, fuck. It would kind of be hard for me to go down there myself for several reasons. Can I like read what's on the facts so far? You cannot. I cannot. Poor Roxanne cannot read. However, however, 
someone in the house can. And that's kind of weird. It's as you are pouring over this, your new housemate sort of looks at it over your shoulder and you can hear Blackbird muttering under her breath like she's reading it aloud to herself. Uh, do you know what this says? Because I definitely can't read this. Oh, um, yeah. I don't suppose you could, like, tell me what it says. Like, it doesn't have to be a perfect translation or something, but, like, this seems... I don't know. Uh, wh what does it say? Well, it is... Gosh, I don't remember them ever writing anything down. They all said everything out loud. That's real bizarre. Them? Um, yeah, the, uh, the people. The people who lived here a long time ago. I don't really know anybody that lived here a long time ago. I'm only, like, 24 years old. Okay. But, yeah, this, um... Gosh, okay, so this is... Some kind of report, I guess. Huh. So, 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 what it says, what it says, is that. Oh gosh. Okay. Um, a whole bunch of people from all over the south and the west knew that. The catastrophe was coming, and so they gathered close to here to fight it. Okay, that's... Alright. Um, let's see, what else, what else, what else? Okay, so... Millions of people dead. Uh, fighting for months. Slow trek up north. To a final stalemate. It, it, it doesn't have, like, grammar like I'm used to nowadays. I I totally get it. Just anything uh, that you can get out of this seems really, really, really important. Right, right. Um, so then, the, the last warriors pushed the catastrophe underground and locked its greatest weapon down there and then spread word of it far and wide? Hoping for answers? Huh. Okay. There's a, there's another bit of this that I could, that they couldn't send me. So wait a second. You were saying the people that used to be they used to live here like a long time ago mm-hmm were you around back then was I hmm they kind of like scratch the back of their head I don't remember being that far back well that's another question to add to a pile of questions I'm sorry oh no 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 it's fine best part of our questions is eventually they get solved. Oh, usually. Um, no, this is really helpful. Thank you so much. I... There's another bit of this that's didn't get copied over, 
and I might need you to translate it, but I'm not sure. Like, I'm gonna call somebody. I've gotta make a phone call. Okay. Thank you, Blackbird. Mm-hmm. She gives you a, a hug. Aw. I love my new friend. Your new friend loves you. So I just have to give Saul a call back and be like, hey, I definitely need to know what that other part says. <laughs> uh, He's like, uh, all right. Well, like, if I have to come down there and copy it down myself, I'll figure something out. I don't care. I just need to know. I need to know. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's probably not safe to mail it to you. This thing is old as shit. So, yeah, someone's going to have to come up here in order to look at it. Um, I mean, unless you've got a way to put eyes up here, I guess. I don't I don't know what sort of like magical resources you guys have down there. Um, birds. The birds oh. would still physically have to travel to Oregon. Yeah, but, I mean, they travel to hunt, whatever. Like, listen, listen. It would be a great way to keep having our new best friend be extremely cool and useful. Yeah, uh... Bird people cannot solve all of your problems, Colin. They can't solve your problems if you don't ask. Yeah, I've got a couple uh, ideas on how that might work. Please hold a moment. I'm actually going to go ask Blackbird if they can, uh... How far can they see through birds? Birds are opaque. <laughs> if you ask him that question, he basically answers that he's never hit an upper limit. Okay. Well, do you know where uh, Oregon is? Um, sorta. I don't know where I am. It's up. She points up. Um, you're you're not wrong. It is up. Okay. Um, one second. I'm gonna go back to Saul and be like, "Hey, can you give me the address of where you are keeping this thing?" I guess I'm gonna try sending somebody up there. All right. Uh. And by somebody, I mean, like, um, a bird. Don't ask. Okay. Uh, sure. And he does give you an address. Cool, 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 cool. Um, thank you. You have been so much help. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to call you back again, because this is probably gonna take a little while to, like, like, get figured out. But this is a big lead. Thank you so much, Saul. I will talk to you again. Uh, let me know if I can do anything for you. Oh, and if a bird knocks at your door, let it in. Uh, yeah, and uh, if, like, a bird shows up at your door, uh, let it in. I know, I know. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, sorry, things are a little weird down here right now. H how about if a bird shows up at my door, I call you? Shit, that works too. Yeah. 
<sighs> so, he'll, uh, he'll hang up, and I suppose he will ask Blackbird to, you like, coordinate something with Blackbird, because... Yeah, I assumed I could just, like, go and Google Maps the house, basically. Yeah. And be like, hey, can you send a bird up north and find this house? It's, uh, it's, it's probably gonna take a bit, because, like... Right, right. Not only because there's distance to be traveled, but also birds don't have satellite GPSs built into their brains. Yeah, but I figured... Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be easy. Right. So it, it does take a couple of days. Yeah. But you do get a callback from Saul. <laughs> yeah? Alright, so... I've got this yellow-headed blackbird pecking at my front door. Is this you? Um... Hey, blackbird, what bird did you send up there? They cock their head in a way that says that they have no idea what you mean by that. Like... What's it look like? Well, she's small, and she's got a pretty yellow head. I turn. I go the phone and say, "Yep, that's the one." Skilly legs, beak, wings. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past. Just, yeah, just another bird showed up for no reason. That's totally a thing <laughs> I could see happening. So, that Saul lets the bird in. <laughs> Oh, this is so absurd. And like Blackbird is is in that sort of like half zoned out state that they always get into whenever they're looking through their birds. And they go, yeah. Oh, you're very tall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I assume they're talking about Saul. Saul is Saul. Better tall Saul. I was muted, but I laughed. Thank you. I crave validation. <laughs> so, Saul lets the bird in and, like, escorts it into the kitchen. Or I guess, like, actually an office would be smarter here. Escorts it into an office. And Blackbird says, oh, yeah, he does have some kind of piece of paper with the same writing on it. It's pressed under glass. That's funny. <laughs> glass is the natural enemy of birds. It is. Okay, so what did you need from me? Oh, um... Can you tell me what the... Uh, what it says? This, this second half. That's not the bit I already made... I already asked you to read. I can't read this second bit. Oh my gosh. Of course. Can you take a snapshot? <laughs> Can you save it Can to you your bird's Prince SD card? Can you hit print Can you tweet it bird? to me? <laughs> Can you take a picture and tweet it to me? <laughs> okay. <sighs> I would leave my room if it wasn't so fucking hot that I just don't have the energy for the joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
This was the result I kind of expected. But also... Oof. Uh, can you use the bird to teleport? Uh, I don't think I know birds very well. No. Well, you know Blackbird fairly well. Blackbird is here in the room. Blackbird could describe the room fairly accurately, couldn't they? That's not how it works. Okay. So either someone's going to have to bring it down here, which doesn't really seem like an option, or I'm going to have to figure out a way to get up to, uh, to Oregon. Because I have a hunch that the, uh, other half may be angel script, but we'll see. I don't suppose you could just, like, write out a couple of characters for me. Can Blackbird write? That's an interesting question. I mean, Blackbird is at least semi-literate. They can at least read. And their arms and fingers work. So presumably they can manipulate a writing utensil. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask Blackbird if he can copy down a couple characters. Or at least try to. Hopefully, if I can read them, then that would mean it would be worth it going up there. I mean, it's worth going up there anyway, but it might not be worth me going up there. Give that bird some seeds or some mealworms or something and a little dish of water, because that thing's a trooper. <laughs> uh, that bird is going to get so many kisses when it gets back home. True. Oh. But, so, Blackbird does just, like just asks for something to draw with. Yeah. And, uh, starts very slowly in in a way that tells you that they're trying to be very precise. Just starts drawing shapes on the paper that don't mean anything for the first couple of characters, but once they hit, like, the fourth character, the word, like, clicks into existence in your head. Okay, okay. And it says, The Lover. The Lover? Uh-huh. This seems... relevant, somehow? I mean... I mean, I need to know what, what it all says. Ah, oh, this is really important. and I But I don't want to overtax Blackbird. Uh... <laughs> So I guess, uh, Blackbird, how how hard would it be for you to... Uh, you don't have to do it all right this second, but how hard would it be to, to copy all of this? Well, there isn't a lot of it. Okay. You just need a little bit of time. Uh, you have... Uh, I mean, uh... Yeah, if you could, uh... Just in as much time as you need to do it, if you could copy it for me, I really need to know what this says. I think it might be important. Yeah, sure. So they enter another like zoned out state and are just very slowly copying these characters. And it's it. they keep having the same effect where like 
the first several characters mean nothing until the word is complete, and then it actually scans correctly in your brain. And once they put their pen down, you have the sentence, the lover knows the shape, but will not speak to ones unseen. Ones unseen. Well, that's another mystery, but knows the shape. Well, that's a big old mystery. The lover. The lover knows the shape. But will not speak to uh, ones unseen. I already have a theory on this. Already. But you haven't told Grant about it yet, so. It's just... I imagine Roxanne probably just, like, toasts it in the group chat or something as soon as she finds The lover knows the shape, but will not speak to one unseen or something like that. Was that what it was? Yep, it's it's in the full 20 chat. I've also put it in the pale writer problem. I don't speak to ones unseen either. Invisible people are rude. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've seen Invisible Man. No, you haven't. Nobody has. God damn it. (laughs) Well, that's a lead followed and a new mystery that may answer some other mystery. Uh, I put that on the Pale Rider problem under possible leads to pursue. Right. I forgot we were allowed to edit that thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I do believe that... Chloe just said that Roxanne just throws that phrase into the group chat, probably with a small explanation. Yeah. Hey guys, bird mystery. Bird mystery. Grant goes, is is that the thing that I saw when I looked at him with my eye? I don't know, is it? Why are you Uh, asking us? And I I will quickly, like, Grant will quickly, like, just recreate it using, like, if this fucker will allow me Grant will recreate it with some imperfections just in case <laughs> that, is, that is probably a smart move uh, Grant says this is not 100% re- uh, recreation but that is on purpose but it looks somewhat like this and then he'll take a picture and send it to group chat as well and hopefully that is a match for one of or close to a match of one of the symbols that was drawn. What? No, like, the, uh, the the symbols are the angelic language. Yeah, that's. I'm hoping that this this symbol is angelic language for something. So it's a match. Oh. Yeah. Now, Roxanne, when you look at that, that doesn't scan into your head as like meaning anything. Okay. So either it's one, it's one of four, or. It's hmm. well more mysteries. I'm uh I'm kind of stumped at this point. Then Blackbird looks a little sad. Uh, oh no, no need to be sad. There's this is progress. Okay. Look, if you hadn't been here, then we wouldn't have this new lead. And instead, I would be spending weeks trying to figure out how I would 
A, not be able to read the first half of this, and B, I would have had to spend weeks trying to either get somebody to copy it down and mail it to me, or go up to or all the way up to Oregon, which is very hard when people aren't supposed to be looking at you. Okay. Okay. It's this is good. Anyway, I'm I guess I'm done then. Yeah. Seems like a good good place to switch gears. So, you know what? You know what I've noticed? What have you noticed? I've noticed in the course of my editing that Colin always either goes first or second. Hmm. 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 So, hmm. Ape, do you want to do your thing or my thing? Uh, my thing is also an uh, information hunt, so let's do your thing. Okay. Uh, so... You woke up this morning with a text message from Victor. Uh, okay. What does the text message say? That he has found a mark. Okay. Right. Yeah, we were going to... Wait. Now I'm confusing trendsetters with this game for a second. You needed to find somebody who has clearance into that special elevator. Oh yeah, okay. So that was a thing, okay. And I was going to build... Uh, I don't remember. You had built the retinal scan spoofer previously. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, so I guess we're going to Victor's. And, uh, he'll actually, like, give you the address of a motel, let's say. Oh, actually, before I do that, because I don't know how quickly this is going to go down, I do want to talk to just, like, ring up, you know, Emery and such. Okay. Hey, uh, hey, Steiner, what's going on? Ah, good morning, Emery. Um... Do you remember a while back when I had you follow me because I was meeting with an old friend? Right, right. That whole thing. Uh, and then, um, it's, this is actually kind of complicated. Um, let's just start. You remember, um, remember Alex from Midcal? Remember him? Yeah, yeah. Um, he, uh... so he was. He used to be one of yours. Uh, you you introduced him like that. Yes. Yes. All right. So, I didn't talk to you about this at the time because we had bigger problems. But um, Alex told me that uh, Victor, my old second in command, is getting blackmailed by the Ram, and the Ram has apparently kidnapped Victor's family, and he wants some sort of showdown with me. And so he's trying to coerce me into a, taking on another job so that we can have some sort of final showdown or whatever nonsense he's got in his rotting mind. And I have been in contact with Victor, and I'm playing along as it is. And today I'm going to go meet with him to 
further along the plans. I'm not quite sure how quickly this is going to move. I just wanted to give you a heads up because I know you guys have my back on this. Uh, and if need be, I just wanted to let you know that I might come, might have to give you guys a call for uh, the cavalry, so to speak. Well, um, we'll be on standby. Do you, uh, do you know where you're going so we can maybe get ready? I have the address of a hotel. Again, I don't think this is going to happen today, but just to be on the safe side, and while I was thinking about it, because I did forget to mention it at the time. Again, we were a little bit preoccupied with other things. Right, right. So kind of a heads up. All right. Uh, Let me just text you that address, and then I have to be going. Um, So I had to magpie for me. Oh, uh, is Blackbird doing all right? Have they recovered from their particular gunshot? Yes. um, It seems to have evaporated overnight. And um, outside of that, they... uh, they're 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 fine except for some sleep talking. They healed quite quickly, is it then? Or was that Magpie's healing? Um, Magpie didn't say her. She didn't do anything. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, well, something to think about later. Uh, all right. Well, again, give my regards, and I'm going to be off. All right. So yeah, I text Emery that address and then I am you know say goodbye to the people who now live in my lab <laughs> one of which is sort of my lab and the other is a minotaur yep oh um, Siner takes a moment to pause and reflect on just how weird things are I, sh- I should note that by this point the West Virginia cell has gotten back to you on that advanced glamour Oh, right. Good. So, uh, do they send me instructions, or what is the deal? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a, just, a just like a series of spellcraft that you would have worked together with Grant to just, like, enchant an item. Okay. Don't make it a bracelet. <laughs> Too bad. Anklet. That's all it can be. <laughs> Toe ring. No, no, no. The, um... Morton was, like, exceptionally worried about the prospect of it coming off in public, so he decided to get his ear pierced. And you enchanted the... It's it's basically a gauge. It needed to be that big in order to contain the enchantment, because it's pretty hefty. So young Dolph Lundgren with ear gauges... Yeah. Cool. I mean, if that's uh, the if that's the look you decided to like put into it. I mean, I think we all collectively decided young. Well, I decided, and everyone else went with it. Young Duff, Dolph Lundgren. I mean, sure. I mean, if there's a time to change it, it's now. <laughs> I think we should probably not recreate celebrities so that way when we well actually you know what no if there's one city in the world where walking around with a random celebrity would just be super weird it would be LA so never mind I mean he's younger he looks not like Dolph Lundgren is like a looks like an apricot man now (laughs) 
like young hot Dolph Lundgren. Ah, uh, okay. Sure. Like showdown in Little Tokyo, Dolph Lundgren. I will break you, Dolph Lundgren. Yes. No, I must break you. That's right. But yeah, it's it, basically people will just like comment like, hey, you look like a young Dolph Lundgren. And she'll just be sh- shrugging and saying, yeah, I get that a lot. People can look like people sometimes. It's not weird. Yeah. There are only so many combinations of body parts. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to to have that aside. That that's a thing now. Oh, uh, we should test to see if this works on Roxanne's deal later. That'll be a thing to consider at some point. But for now, you have a meeting to get to. <clears throat> right. So yeah, I load up my stuff, say goodbyes, and then I head out. Yeah. So and drive I'm on over to that motel. My... I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you were. I didn't mean to. I was just going to say, I assume my armor has been repaired by this point, too. Yeah, easy. Cool. Uh, so, you can drive on over to that motel and uh, just head to the door. When you knock on it, Victor opens it up and smiles at you and invites you in. I nod and step into the room. And it's just the two of you. Ah, uh, well... I'm assuming you have done the proper sweeps of the room. Not that. Y- yes, I should... I picked this place out at random today, so excellent. It's uh, we're we can talk freely here. Not that we should be expecting any heat at this stage, but never hurts to be careful. So, right. Tell me about our mark. Uh, so, our mark is unfortunately difficult, but also the easiest possible option. Isn't that the case? Right. He's a man in his early 40s. His name is Ernest White. He's, uh, one of the senior engineers at the company. Mm. And he has a wife and two kids. And he lives in Massachusetts. All right. Um, what's his daily routine like? Look like? Is there any opportunities where we could get him without, you know, witnesses? What are we looking at? Nothing about witnesses, but he's got a diner that he likes to stop off at every couple of days. All right. Outside of that, he, he's pretty boring, all told. He goes to work, works, goes home, and that's about it. He occasionally will, like, go see a movie on the weekend with his wife, but outside of that, he doesn't do much. Hmm. All right. Um, well, let me just let me show you the um, scanner. I've been able to cut down the size considerably. Uh with new designs. Um, I've made it look a bit like uh, one of those VR headsets. You remember those? Those are starting to come back. I thought maybe we could play that angle. Okay. It doesn't... I mean, it doesn't... Uh, I don't... It couldn't hurt, and honestly, at least to try that. Um, did you have any ideas on how we were going to do this surreptitiously? Uh, because... <sighs> That was always your more, more your forte. 
Right. So, so the diner seems like the only like angle of attack that I can think of is we need his blood and his eyes. And right. we don't really have access to him by himself in many other places. So we were honestly hoping that we could have you on site for this. Mm, you, you said Massachusetts, right? Yes, I know. That is on the other side of the con- okay. country. Yes, I know. Planes do exist. It's... Mm, all right. All right, sure. I mean, what is... When does school start back up? I, mm. Caltech starts in late August. You're not quite there yet. Okay. Yes, I can. I can drop a few days, I suppose. So, I don't really have anything that I need to like pack up. I have stuff there, so we can go as soon as you're ready. Uh, sure. Let me stop by and get some change of clothes and just a couple. Just pack a day bag, I suppose. Anything I need, I can. That I don't. I, I can just pick up stuff on the way. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I guess I swing by my actual apartment and get some clothing into, you know, just a day bag, just a carry-on thing. Um, I guess I gotta let Emery know that apparently I'm going to Massachusetts. <laughs> they express a great deal of concern, but we'll still be on standby to, like, have the Massachusetts Ravens, like, jump in if you signal Emery that there's a problem. Yeah. I mean, like, worst case scenario, Roxanne can pull me out of there, I guess. Yeah, that's extremely fair. Roxanne would definitely do that. I would like to stress the Massachusetts Ravens are entirely different from the Salem Ravens. The Salem Ravens are their own little thing, and they're extremely weird still. I mean, you say that, but like... We have bird person and angel woman living in the headquarters. They have a literal luchador there. Although, wait, no, he might not be there yet. We have mad scientists living with Minotaur Forge Master. They have mad scientists who adopts every orphan they can find. Why? Why not? Now tell me why the mad scientist is adopting orphans. Well, originally it was to experiment on them, and then that sort of got retconned when we, when, uh, when the person realized that that was kind of horrible. <laughs> hmm. So they just live there. But also, they do shove demons into a lot of electronics that should not have demons shoved into them. I think the amount of electronics that should have demons shoved into them is like zero. I exactly. think that number is zero. Exactly, and yet Siri still exists. Anyway, Salem and Massachusetts Ravens, different se- different cells. Just putting that out there. Different cells for different hells. Noted. So, Steiner, you and Victor can meet up at LAX and board and fly your asses over. It's all a very uneventful trip. And, uh, you know, you land, you go through that whole rigmarole, and 
you catch a taxi, and taxi sends you to another hotel. Hooray. Once you head on up into the room you've got booked there, this time there is someone there, and it's Ariadne. I... I'm going to be honest with you. I completely blanked. I, uh, she was there when you helped plan. Oh yeah. 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 Breaking before. Yeah. She was like, your. she was your B and E specialist back in the day. Bacon and egg specialist makes really good breakfast. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I have a mobile waffle house that I can deploy within seconds. (laughs) And that's, you walk through the door area. And he actually looks kind of shocked that it's like she says victor you actually got him victor just kind of puts his hands in his pockets and shrugs and smiles well what can i say i've been sitting on my thumbs for god what's this it's been five or 15 years now i just kind of sucker for it well, we're glad to have you aboard, because this is kind of weird. Never had to get resources from a person before like this. Well, I mean, I've got the retinal scanner. We just have to get it on him, get his scans, get his blood, and do this without alerting him to what we're doing somehow. Oh, so best I can figure it, our one real good shot is when he goes to the bathroom in the diner. Hmm. But I don't know how to, like, get the retinal scan and the blood off of him without him knowing that we're doing it, without also, like actively assaulting him in a way that he's going to know that we're doing it. Well, I, I made the thing look like one of those virtual reality headsets that they have in, like, science as a, you know, where you have the 360-degree movies, one of those things. I thought we could play that angle up, but I don't know. I, it didn't hurt to make it look like that, but... Blood is easy enough. People cut themselves without realizing it all the time. Uh, we could drug him? There are plenty of ways to induce a little bit of mild delirium for a short period of time. The risk, though, is that he... I mean, just kind of hope he plays that off as... I don't know about bad meal something that seems not unlikely um bit of food poisoning I guess I'm just a thinking bit of bad of that, meat I'm just thinking of that line from you know the one with Ebenezer Scrooge I can't remember the name of it Christmas Carol thank you I, I don't know why sometimes the simplest things is just like just completely leave your head like that it's maddening. Uh, anyway, uh, we'd have to do this in a manner that I, st- I don't. I mean, drugging him seems like the best course of action because if he s- puts up a fight, that's going to make a lot of noise in a bathroom. 
Right. I don't know if we're going to be able to replace the staff there. Oh, wait, no, I'm an idiot. I'm, I have a stun ray. What the hell am I doing? Victor's eyebrows, like, shoot up into his hair. and He's like, I'm sorry, Professor. One more time. I, um, I get bored. I build things. I have a stun ray. Uh-huh. Okay. I, it, it's new. I forget I have it sometimes. No, you know what? It's you. I believe it. Yes. Um, I... To unlock a mouthful, hmm, seems to work for about five minutes, depending on the person's constitution, a little bit longer than that. Uh, it's also completely silent, which is nice. Actually, I just, I want to double check the tags, I don't remember if that has the yeah, quiet tag I, or not. Yeah, I'm going into your character sheet right now to double check that one. It doesn't have one. loud, it just has close harm sedating. Zero harm sedating. Yeah, so it's neither, it's neither silent nor loud. Just, like, flush a toilet and shoot it. <laughs> I mean, that might be what it comes down to. Um, yes, I, I can... I can hit him with it. Um, I actually have it on me. It's just under my normal clothes here, and I just do the quick draw thing where it pops out. The both of them looked impressed, and nothing else. They don't look surprised. They don't look freaked out. It's just like, yeah, that's our professor. It's like no questioning why I'm just walking around with a quick draw stun. <laughs> yeah, no, that tracks. Right. So I guess when he gets up to go to the bathroom, I just kind of give it a moment and then follow him in, hit him and then take the scan and I'll take a blood sample. Hopefully without, draw, without drawing any attention. And I guess I'll just sit him on the toilet and hope that he thinks he just passed out or something? Hmm. I mean, it's it's the best I can think of right now. Uh, I mean, we could also still drug him. Maybe he'll think he'll just fell asleep on the toilet or something. We could do both. I mean, yes. But, uh, okay. Stun him and then drug him so that as he wakes up, he feels more like bleary than he does like he got electrocuted. That seems like a good idea, yes. All right, well, we'll just have to uh, stake out the diner then. Because he doesn't go every night, but he goes a lot of nights. Right. I mean, there was. Is, if he shows up for if he doesn't show up for work then one day are they going to raise alarms can we just like kidnap him and lock him in a storage unit or something for a day <sighs> is that a bit much I, I don't that's, know that's a bit much because we're gonna have to let him out I mean and he'll know that he's lost time like that, and that'll raise alarms at the company, which we don't want. I mean, is this a matter after we get the thing? Probably. So we are trying to do this quietly as part. I mean, they're going to understand. They will know they have been robbed. Right, but 
I mean, once we once we have the ingots and we're out of this state, who cares if they know? Like, I, I'm guessing we just, like, we put them in a storage unit, give them food and water, and then we, like, leave a note, hey, this is where that idiot is. Eh. Look, which I... I'm not ready to declare that once we have this stuff, we are ready to move in. There's there's still a little bit of analysis on the lower vault area that we're trying to perform, so okay. we're not quite ready for that yet. All right, I assume that we... Uh, that's my fault, I made an assumption. You know, uh, I made an ass out of uh, you and me. Okay, I assumed we were ready to go on the whole thing if we were, you know... Uh, but uh, if we're not quite ready, then yes, I understand the trepidation. I'm sorry. It's 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 been a while. It's fine. It's fine. This is definitely one of the bigger jobs we've ever pulled, and we're trying to get all of our T's crossed and our eyes dotted uh, before we make a proper move. Is we we are probably only going to get one shot at this. <sighs> right. See, they make this. They make this stuff look cool and dramatic and like Ocean's Eleven and the Italian job and they never show just guys sitting around in the room thinking okay how do we actually kidnap this guy and get away with it uh, well yeah because that's all the boring parts uh, well who do we have staking out the diner are we just going to go there and order an omelet or something and see if he shows up I think that's going to be us. I think we are going to just like hang out and wait for him to like pull in and then a couple minutes after go in after him and then take it from there. Sure. Is there at least anything entertaining to do across from the diner or around or anything? Is it just, are we just going to be sitting in the car waiting? Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a small library across the street. Ah, wonderful. We can do shifts hanging around the entrance looking for all this car, then. Be much more fun than sitting in, you know... Because it's like... Massachusetts, I'm assuming, also gets pretty humid. I wouldn't know. It's on the East Coast, so probably, yeah. But... So, the three of you do, in fact, take turns just uh, hanging out in the library. He doesn't come by that night, but he does come by the next night. Okay. After that happens, let's say let's say Ariadne was on watch duty at that moment, so she comes over and collects the two of you basically makes conversation about her being hungry and wanting to go across the street. Ah, excellent. And let me just remember where I picked this up off of, uh, let's see. Right. Okay. Um, sure, I could eat, yes. Yeah, same. It's, uh, it's gonna be that time. Let's go. The three of you can head across the street and pop into the diner, and Victor kind of subtly nods towards your mark, and He's this, like, extremely plain-looking, early 40s white dude. All right, so I'm going to assume that I'm sitting in such a way that I can watch the dude, or at least make a note when he gets up to go pee. Yeah, and um, 
In fact, so the, the waitress comes up and you all place an order. And like a minute after she walks away, Victor goes to the bathroom. Is he like just scoping out the bathroom? He's he's going to wait in there. Because two people going into the bathroom after this guy is maybe a little bit weird. But one guy going early and one guy going after. Not so much. I mean, we are also assuming that he's even going to get up and use the bathroom while he's here. Yeah, but... It wouldn't be very narratively interesting if I didn't have him do so. And to be fair, usually after I eat a meal in a restaurant, I get up and I just at least very least I go wash my hands. Right on. Yeah. So yeah, he gets his food and about halfway through eating it, he goes to the bathroom. Okay. I give it about 30 seconds or so and then I get up and go to the bathroom too say something about going to check on the other guy because he's been in there a while eh, nah I mean I don't even have to do that it's just like this coffee's it's just gone right through me I'll be right back right so yeah you uh head into the bathroom and Victor seems to be washing his hands as you get inside and the two of you make brief eye contact and you know what stall Mr. White is in are we fortunate enough that there's only us in there? I'm going to just declare yes. Looking out. Cool. Are we going to call tasing this dude an act under pressure or a kick some ass? Uh, well, you're attacking him, so I'm going to declare a kick some ass roll. Alright. That's an 11. That's an 11. Uh, so, I would like so to suffer like... less harm. <laughs> So, like, tell me how you're doing this, because, like, he's in the stall. Am I going to interrupt this dude taking a dump? All right. So you're just going to be, like, just, like, waiting outside the stall, and the second he opes, opens it up, you're going to pop him? It's like he's going to notice, like, like, there's two dudes standing outside his stall. <laughs> because I don't know about you guys, but if I'm in a public restroom and I am pooping, I am hyper aware of who is around me. <laughs> 100% same. I mean, I guess you could just, like, like wait until he finishes and, like... You know what? This thing is actually ranged. It is ranged. It is close so range. I can just go into the next stall and just, like, kind of angle it so I'm hitting him in the leg or something. <laughs> Okay, you know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> Go into the next stall, pretend you don't have any toilet paper, ask him for some toilet paper, and when his hand comes down, you shoot him in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yes. Because also, that's cruel and hilarious. That's incredible. That might be the smartest plan Colin's ever come up with. Thank you. All right, so I do that, and as soon as his hand appears, I just zap. Right on. And, uh, you hear him, like, fall off the toilet. That's a good thing he's already... Well, no. I was going to say, it's a good thing he's already got his pants off, but... <laughs> so, what do you do? You have your target disabled. Uh, all right, well, I get... 
my retinal scanner thing, which I am carrying, and I'm going to make an executive decision decision here and say fanny pack. Okay. I would I, not have overruled that even without the executive function. I guess we gotta keep his eyes open and just like eh? get some snapshots of from multiple directions. Yeah, just uh, like y'all would have been smart enough to bring some like scotch tape with you. Yeah, and then I'm assuming you know you were knocking his ass out. Assuming that Victor is drawing a blood sample. Yep. I'm going to be real. I thought you were about to say Victor is drawing a mustache on his face. We forgot the drugging (laughs) part. I mean, you can do that now. We were going to drug him before we tased him is the thing. This was the plan. No, you were going to drug him after. Oh, yeah. I still actually, yeah, I I still have the syringe. That's still on me gear list. And one of the tags is literally drugged. Yep. So I just pass that to Victor. Uh-huh. Give him about half of that. Uh, if you give him the whole thing, it'll just knock him out completely. We just want him dizzy and confused. Got it. Got it. He'll, uh, he, he knows a really good spot to just, like, put it in him in a way that isn't going to, like, require the application of a Band-Aid. And, like, the, the puncture mark will not be visible to people. Ah, Victor's done heroin before, I see. <laughs> I didn't want to say that he did it in the webbing between his fingers, because I felt like that was a little much, but now that you've done it, I'm doing it. <laughs> Alright, so let's sit this dude back on the toilet. <laughs> this is, this uh-huh. is incredibly awkward. This poor man who got tased and drugged, and then his blood drawn and his eyes scanned while he had his whole dick out. It's just like Mr. Bean pulls a heist. Actually, he did kind of do a heist in that one movie. Hey, you know what? Elegance is frequently for chumps. <laughs> Elegance is for people who are good at things. Can I you can set him back up on the turlet and Victor no Victor's gonna be more spry than you so you go out Victor locks the stall behind you and then fucking like slides underneath and comes out through another stall yeah alright so go over to the sink wash hands Victor leaves first yep I head out shortly after sit down resume my I guess, I don't know, garbage plate in my coffee. Hell yeah. And just kind of hope that this dude doesn't start screaming in about five minutes. <laughs> no, he, um, he like doesn't emerge until you all are done and he's like a little unsteady on his feet when he does. He like gets to the table and he looks at his food and then he like pulls out his wallet, puts some money on the table, and walks out without finishing it. That makes him drunk to you? <sighs> yeah, or hi. Uh, what is the world coming to? Uh, how's your food? Mine's great, by the way. <laughs> Glad you recommended the garbage plate. I've never had this before. It's interesting. 
Oh, it's actually called the garbage plate, is it? It's an actual thing. I don't remember if they have it in Massachusetts or not, but it's basically like home fries, chili, cut up hot dogs, and shit like that just dumped onto a plate. It's upstate huh. New York because I was I was actually researching that to see if that was like a food that Grant would want for his birthday, but then I realized it would be too upstate for for him to really want it. So not Massachusetts. Eh, it might be. Who knows? They might. St- they might. Some place might serve it there. I don't know. In this universe, maybe it's more of a New England thing. Maybe. I don't. I. I can't. Why do we do this? That we get into like, shit. Do they actually serve this food here in this imaginary universe we've created? This is the problem with setting a fantasy game in what is ostensibly the real world is that we are like and specifically the real world that we live in I mean yeah but at the same time we don't like like we go to IHOP with gremlins and she was wearing and a then disguise. we go wait do they had did they did they still serve this particular food item I need this for realism uh this is what the listeners are here for. Uh, all right. I I don't know. I just I just wanted to say garbage plate. No, it's valid. You got a garbage plate and you ate it and it was good. So the three of you can head back to that hotel room and just sort of debrief. Uh, all right. So he didn't come of the come out of the bathroom and start screaming at us. So I'm going to take that as a good sign. Yeah, we'll um, we'll keep our ears open and see if they change any security protocols or anything. But we should be in the clear. All right. So we have that. Now what? Well, I'm gonna go get this blood stored somewhere cold, and right. we're gonna try and figure out as much about the actual vault area as we can. And once we feel ready, we'll call you and we'll give you the information we got so you can look it over. And then once you feel ready, we'll bring you back here. All right. Um, is there anything to do in Massachusetts? I mean, I'm up here. Uh, well, I guess you could go check out Salem if you're into that sort of thing. It's just... What's the name of that other mad scientist? Because I'm imagining, like, we pass in the street, lock eyes, and just start immediately, like, fighting like cats. Anna. <laughs> I forget her last name, but her first name's Anna. I don't know if her last name was ever said out loud. I don't know if it was either. <laughs> Gonna be honest. I don't know if any of their last names were ever said out loud. Uh, I, no, I remember Mask's real first name. First name, Mask, last name of Amontillado. <laughs> no, like, Mask's real name came up, and then Ahab <laughs> didn't have a last name. I mean, I just, I feel like if two mad scientists meet each other, they either are immediately best friends or fight to the death, and there's no in-between. <laughs> if you meet a mad scientist on the street, you must kill him. <laughs> So, like, there's this whole extended sequence that will never actually appear on the podcast where Steiner and Anna meet and discuss mad science for 
a couple hours before going separate ways forever. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you can screw around in Salem for a little while and then head back home. I mean, if you're gonna fly out somewhere, I'm not like... I mean, I don't want to say I'm not pressed for time because hunts just kind of pop up at random, but like, I have some time to kill. That's fair. But yeah, I do get back like in in a couple days or so. Right on. And yeah, just I also let Nemory know that everything seems to have gone well. They are extremely relieved. I leave out the part where we tased an old man and left him on a toilet. <laughs> you would probably get an I'm not mad, just disappointed from Emery. Yeah, that's why I left it out. All right, so Colin, yeah, Grant Harrison. Mm-hmm. I don't need to actually ask you about what's happening because there is a very specific sequence of events that you are going to live through right now. Yeah, yeah. And the first part of that sequence of events is that Sifu Ho is here in California because he's going to be taking you to China to get sworn in because that's finally ready to go off. Right. And uh, before that happens, you have told him, hey, there's someone I need you to talk to, and it's about something extremely important. Alright, so I am actually going to tell Emery a few things, and uh, that, like, on the way to meeting him, and I'm gonna be like, okay, so that thing you did before, where you pretended to be like, way more meek than you actually were going to be, that probably won't work this time. Sifu Ho's really good at smelling out bullshit, and honestly, he'd probably respect you more if you didn't try to string him along like that. Alright, noted. Okay. Just just letting you know. And, uh, so, so where all are all y'all meeting? I imagine that he got a hotel room that would be relatively private for us to do this in. So uh, we, we could meet him there. Okay. And uh, I'll I'll find out what room he's in and then we'll head up there and I'll knock on the door. And he will open it and he'll like, he'll, you know, fix it with a big old smile. See, Grant, it's so... What the hell? What did you do? Uh, well... That's, um, I, I sort of went to go visit the friend that allowed me to graciously... He pulls you inside so you don't have to talk around it. Uh, I, I went to Tarira and I told... And, well, there's a reason I need to keep her magic. Hopefully it's not a permanent thing, but until that's done... Maybe even after. Who knows what that... Uh, she she did this. Huh. Trust me, and, and trust me, I've tried glamours and illusions. It's, it's always there. 
Yeah, no, this is a spell from the Fey Queen. You are definitely not going to be able to cover that up. Yeah. So that's one, what the hell, what did you do? What What was the other thing that you did? Out of character, I have no idea what he's talking about. He reaches up and he pokes you on the forehead. Oh, oh, that, um, well, can't talk about it for more than one reason, but hopefully uh, after you're done talking to Emery, I, you'll understand a little bit. All right, well, let me get a look at it real quick. And he starts, like, doing no, the no, gestures no, to open no, up no, his no, own third no, eye. No, 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 no. It might not be safe. It might, one, 100% might not be safe. You should wait until we're finished talking. And even then, maybe don't look at it. <laughs> he frowns deeply. It's, tr- trust me, if it was not ultra important I would not stop you and you know this <laughs> uh, you hear in your head that was unfortunate you should have let him look I don't say anything out loud and I don't respond to him and I don't respond to him <laughs> Anyway, uh, Sifu Ho, this is Emery Parker. Emery, this is my Sifu Ho. You technically have met once already. Yeah, they shake hands and Ho says, yeah, we've met once. And Emery sort of cocks their head and says, I'm sorry, I don't recall. It's like, it's fine. It was when you were back in New York, like probably pretty early in your stint with the Ravens. I say, oh, um, yes, I've plucked most of that out. I mean, that's fair. Weighs a bit of a jackass. So the the three of you sit down, and Ho gives Emery a once-over. And he says, you know, I know I had already met you once before, but you really don't look anything like the rumors paint you to be. And Emery just sort of scratches the back of their neck, and they say, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's, that's how it's always been. I've never even heard of the rumors, so I don't know what you're talking about. Emery kind of looks embarrassed, and Ho turns to you with a little bit of mischief in his eyes. <laughs> and he says, oh, you weren't told the stories of the California monster children? <laughs> no. And then I look at Emrina. It's got this big, stupid smile from ear to ear. They put their head in their hands. <laughs> I'm guessing Magpie's also here and also super embarrassed. Because Magpie sort of has to be here. Magpie does have to be here. Emery's heart is not fully healed yet. Yeah. Oh, just sort of looks at Emery and says, well... To my understanding, the four leaders of the California cells all used to be in the same cell and all got sort of famous in all the rest of the Ravens because they were all sort of a little group of unstoppable monster children. Okay. 
And this one over here, he says, pointing at Emery, who continues to have their head in their hands, is known for breaking things that shouldn't be able to be broken and talking their way out of any situation you can think of. Hmm. Yeah, that actually kind of tracks a little bit. I can see that. Uh, Look, 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 it's we we didn't we didn't do it on on purpose. That's that's just how we were. I can also see that having met the rest of the California leaders. Yeah. And well, once we once we all got um, big enough, and there was enough of a a turnover in the other cells, we all just sort of split up and took over. And, uh, well, it it's it's worked out pretty well for us, all told. Yeah, I can. I can see that. And Ho kind of leans back and asks, so how are the others doing then? Because I've heard plenty of stories about all the rest of them. And every finally pulls their head out of their hands and has a real difficult to read look on their face. And they say, well, um, Dietrich is as big and loud as ever. Um, Melissa is still terrifying when she wants to be, and uh, Jane's dead. And he kind of blinks a few times and leans back a bit. Hmm. Not one of the answers I was expecting. But we um, lost her about four years ago. Hmm. And he kind of leans in and like puts a hand on Emery's shoulder and says I'm truly sorry for your loss it must have been terrible and they kind of shake their head out and like it's I've I've had lots of time to grieve it's it's okay don't don't worry about it and Sifu Ho nods and leans back and says well now that I've thoroughly ruined the mood, we should probably get to business. Yeah, business. So, what's the... What is this issue here? What is this great secret that is being kept from me? Well, um... Unfortunately, I mean, I don't think I can quite tell you yet, even if the other thing that might be keeping me from saying anything will even let me but uh, that's what we're here to find out if uh, if Emery thinks that you're trustworthy enough to to let in on the know. And I don't know if Emery knows me well enough to kind of catch this, but Ho knows 100% by the tone of my voice. It doesn't matter if Emery says no as soon as Grant's out of the country. He'd be attempting to say something anyway. <laughs> will probably end poorly for you. <laughs> yeah, probably. But, so, 
Every adopts a it sits up a little bit straighter and says, "Well, um, again, I don't, I don't really know you, so, and I need to, in order to know that it's safe to tell you this. So, please, tell me about yourself." And Sifu Ho starts with a whole lot of like surface detail, you know where he was born, where he lives now, the business that he runs. He tells Emery about you and John, which are the the only two apprentices he's taken in ages. Tells about the kind of horse shit that you used to get up to while you were under his tutelage. (laughs) He is still mad at me for that electric floor uh, situation that he tested me and John with. You can't read mad on him, but he feels some kind of way about it. <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to test us, you shouldn't have put in a, you shouldn't have done the test in a room that had a hallway walking going around it. His hands twitch like he wants to swat you upside the head, but he controls himself. <laughs> Don't worry, they probably would have let you do it. I am sure Emery has wanted to swat me across the head a couple of times. Emery has literally swatted you upside the head once. This is true. They have, yes. <laughs> but then Ho gets into like some deeper detail about like the the sort of politics of the wizard community in New York and sort of his position in that, which I'm willing to let you declare whether you knew this or not, but is actually pretty influential. I'll say that Grant knew that he was important, but he didn't know the extent of it. So some of this is surprising him a bit. Yeah, basically what it comes to is that anytime anybody needs like a second opinion on anything, they go to him. I mean, I did that, but that was because he was my teacher. Right. But I did not know it was basically everybody. Yeah, it's basically everybody. And, uh just sort of paints a picture of how he lives and what he does and Emery is like listening real close and like watching his body language but they're also watching you a little bit just like see if you react in any particular way to anything that he says I mean for the most part I show the kind of silent deference that you know like that i would show um obviously much more powerful and much more experienced wizard who is also the person who taught me but like aside from probably the the politics stuff nothing really gets me by surprise because like like i said grant knew he was influential he did not know it was like he's the second opinion guy right on okay so yeah it, it isn't brief. Ho tries to, to paint a very clear picture of who he is to Emery. And by the end, he very much has. And so Emery just sort of leans back and looks thoughtfully at the ceiling. They turn to you and say, yeah, I, I understand why you respect him so much. Thank you. Uh, so... Emery 
turns to Sifu Ho and says, all right, Zhang, I would like to tell you this, but I, I need to know that it isn't going to bring a torrent of outside effort down on us before we're ready for it. I I understand that there is an attitude in the 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 greater wizard community that more eyes on a problem is better. I would very much like to stress here that more hands on this problem will just get in the way and may in fact exacerbate the problem. So I will need to ask that if you want to share what I tell you with anyone that you run it past me first. And Ho sort of licks his lips and like sizes Emery up again. <laughs> and then he turns to you. He says, well, Grant, do you think that's something that I should agree to? Honestly, given what we're up against and the stakes, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I agreed to it, so you gotta know it's important. Very well. Then I will... I will follow the wisdom of my student. I accept these terms, Emery Parker. And relief very briefly flashes across their face before they like pull themselves back into business mode and then they tell Sifu Ho what the fuck is up and then I would like to attempt to say also he's in my head and preventing me from saying things uh, hmm you know what because Pale Rider wouldn't stop that one because they know that Emery knows that and Emery's free to tell it. Okay. And it'll just, it'll come out right now. Okay. So, so you, you tell him that and you've like, you, you essentially feel the Pale Rider sort of like psychically standing behind you, but you are not stopped from doing it. Oh, so he let me say that one that time. Probably because Emery's up here and knows that already. Cool. Good. Oh, okay. So, that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ho kind of cards his hand through his hair a couple times and he says, Oh, so this... This has been an issue since before China existed. Yeah, damn. Wow. <sighs> okay, I've never heard of anything like this. I've never heard of anything that old still existing besides the planet itself. 
I mean, not on this plane, no. I, I'm guessing a couple of... There's a couple Fae that, have, that are that old, but... So this is... This is certainly a lot. I can very much understand why you told me. And in light of that, I do, I guess I need to ask you immediately, Emery, because I'm about to take this one here, and he puts his hand on your shoulder and kind of shakes you, to Beijing to be initiated into... I would have... I, a, a, half an hour ago, I would have said an extremely old order of wizard knights, but now oh, we don't feel so old anymore. <laughs> and I would like to tell them, even if he can't. And every sort of looks at the ceiling and like massages their palms and says do you have ways of talking to them that don't require you to be there and Hope kind of scoffs and says of course I do they say alright it would mean a lot to me if you would hold on to that for just long enough that you and Grant both could give me your impressions of everybody in that organization. No nods and says, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that sounds fair. You said there's only like, what, 30 of them? There's only 30 of them. Uh, we are going to be, well, hopefully, we are going to be meeting four of them. All right. There might be a fifth. Please don't tell me that Wei's one of them. I didn't think he was a wizard, but that asshole is just... No, Wei is not one of them. Oh, thank God. By the way, if Wei comes around and like asks where I am, you can tell him I'm not hiding anymore. Oh, uh, right. I completely forgot to mention. You know... With everything that's happened today. Yeah, with everything that's happened today. Yeah, he's he he found you already. Oh, okay. He's um He's figuring out exactly what he wants to do now that he knows right where you are. Alright, well I just hope he knows that my sister is it now a health leech and can also teleport. So if he wants to try and fuck me up, it's got to go through her first. How kind of punches you on the arm and says, what is this <laughs> hiding behind a girl? <laughs> listen, I taught you better than that. Listen, this girl could kick my ass. She's seven feet tall, made of heaven stone. <laughs> it's no excuse. You handle your own problems. And I'm not, I'm not. I'm not hiding behind her. I'm fairly certain that it's like if Bush came to shove, she would interject herself into this. I'm not saying that because I'm hiding behind her. I'm saying that because she would literally step in front of him and probably say, if you want to get to him, you have to go through me first. Please, Roxanne would say something way dumber than that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, she would say something way dumber than that. Fuck off, Colin. <laughs> Alright, so, we, um, 
we it seemed to be square. Uh, it was was a pleasure meeting you, Zhang, and uh, I'll I'll look forward to talking to you again. And Sifu Hope will stand and shake Emery's hand, and Emery and Magpie will leave. Uh, before they leave, I ask Magpie, Hey, Magpie, you want anything from Beijing? Cheeseburger. Gosh, gosh. you know what? Surprise me. Will do. <sighs> Roxanne Harrison. That's the character I play. Yup. Oh, here, let me bring that one back. I know that girl. Oh. <laughs> I know that catchphrase. Ah. <laughs> um, so. So? One afternoon. No, morning. This would happen in the morning. All right. One morning, while you are at home, downstairs, I don't know, Emery's probably cooking breakfast, getting a nice old plate of, like, eggs and sausage up for everybody. Blackbird has just a big old bowl of fruit that she is nibbling on. Emery, our B&E expert, bacon and eggs, but in case sausage. Yep. I mean, if you live, in, if you live with a gremlin, you gotta know how to cook. <laughs> I mean, no, Seymour couldn't cook for shit. Well, Seymour paid out the ass for it, I'm assuming, then. <laughs> the IHOP bill of the budget must have been re- just incredible. You get budget priority by being in this, being so close to Poe's grave, I guess. Like that fucking <laughs> drill tweet. Guns, $300, you know, like IHOP. Two million dollars. <laughs> someone, someone, please help my, my organization. Gremlin is dying. My gremlin is dying. Spend less on IHOP. No, you literally can't. No, it's it's. Please help. All the other members of my cell are dying. My gremlin <laughs> is exceptionally well fed. Anyways, um, yeah. One morning. Yes. So while you are waiting for breakfast to come up. This guy is about six and a half foot tall, built like a brick shit house, vaults the wall into the sort of like little back patio that you've got. This guy. Or at least that's what the other three people see. You oh, see you see emergency hop the wall into the little back patio because you can see your angel buddies now when they're possessing someone. However, you know, like, the door to the patio is locked, because that just, like, goes straight to the outside, and the wall is east hop, as was just demonstrated. So he knocks on the door, but, like, as he's vaulting, Blackbird starts to freak out. Because this, like, huge man just kind of broke into your house. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, d- d- don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I know, I know this. I know this person. 
the little bit of black that was starting to creep into their feathers creeps out. They still look a little bit on edge, but they are not going feral anymore. Don't worry, I'll handle it, okay? And I guess I'm just gonna... Fuck. Whatever, I'll just meet them at the door. And just be like, uh, hey, big guy, what's up? Hey, uh, problems. I need you to go to Burbank right now. There's somebody that you have to protect. Burbank. Yes. Hold on, I'm trying to remember where Burbank is in my actual brain. It is. (laughs) Is it on this map? No, it is not. Okay. Uh, but I'm looking at it right now. It's about a it's about 10 miles uh, north by northwest of where Grant lives. 10 miles north by northwest of where Grant lives. Ah. Ah, fuck. Okay. How am I supposed to get to Burbank? Uh, I mean, you can teleport to your brother's face place and I guess make your way from there you know what I can make a jump I can find somebody close to your brother's place and commandeer their car for you Roxanne pinches the bridge of her nose yeah okay whatever Uh, look I I know I know but like this is yeah. urgent and okay just tell me who it is and what am I protecting him from uh well you're protecting him from death death and dismemberment like literally yes like death dismemberment maiming he's going to have a very bad day today unless you do something about it uh your target's name is David Wilson Oh my fucking god. Wait, is this... Did we uh, finally learn his last name? Is this the mountain guy? I guess I don't know yet. I I mean, Emergency doesn't know who the mountain guy is. (laughs) Oh my god, okay, um... Odd question, is he a car salesman? I don't know if you would know that or not. No, I'm just gonna say, um, fuck. Okay, I'm just gonna throw on as much clothes as possible, and I'm gonna pop down to. I hope Grant is at home. Grant's place. No, I've been to Grant's place. I can just go to Grant's house. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yes, you can. Um, one other thing, you can't let him see you. See me? He knows. Well, okay, I don't know that he knows me. He does. You met at AX. He was well. Yes, but I'm not. I don't know if this is the same Dave necessarily. If this is oh, who I right. think it is, I think he literally knows who I am. Look, I'm. I'm just giving you the instructions that I was told to convey. To be fair, last time you saw him, you looked different. And no, I no. yes yes because no. now you have horn. Oh, this was after the horn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Colin is wrong. Instance no, I, number no. 783. Oh, no. Colin, okay, no. Colin is correct on this point. Roxanne does have horns and snake scales now. 
Yes. All right. So Colin is technically correct. <laughs> no, that's because that's exactly what I was talking about. So I'm 100 percent correct. Colin is technically Colin correct. Is correct. Someone, someone, pull out the book, write it down. Colin is correct. <laughs> I gotta go put a quarter in the jar. Six eleven twenty twenty at eight oh two p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Colin was correct. <laughs> put a quarter in the jar. It's gonna be very lonely. <laughs> There's two of them. In there. No, it sounds more like three. You gotta put another uh, quarter in the jar now that I guess, guess the correct amount of quarters or. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. If you need me to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, so Roxanne just, like, rushes into her room and, like, just tries to throw on as much clothes as possible. Yeah. As many layers as possible to kind of, like, disguise the fact that she is covered in eyes and, I don't know, puts a fucking scarf on. Scarf. Big floppy sun hat. (laughs) Yeah, why not? I'm extremely inconspicuous. Just put on a red trench coat and become Carmen Sandiego, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I'm from Death Valley. It's actually kind of cold here. (laughs) Uh, It is literally the hottest time of the year right now. I live on Venus, and this is some weak shit here, I gotta say. (laughs) I'm a literal devil from hell. Like the metal I'm wearing isn't even melting. What the fuck? (laughs) You fucking talk to me when you hit the boiling point of steel. All right. All right. So you can dip yourself over to Grant's house. I'm going to declare that Grant is not home. She just fucking... She locks the lock when she's going out, but not, but like, doesn't bother with the deadbolt and just says to herself that she'll come back and deadbolt it when she's, uh, gets done. Right on. Probably shuffle Otis a little bit on your way out. There's time for that later when I'm locking the door. All right. That's extremely fair. So you, you're only waiting for like a minute when emergency pulls up and he's actually like big enough that like the like a third of his torso is sticking out of the roof of the car (laughs) (laughs) Roxanne just like so am I taking the car from uh, emergency then like I'm just taking the car he is driving you to Burbank and then returning this suit to where it belongs right okay she walks up and she gets as she gets in the car, she just says, you look a little ridiculous from my angle. Well, this was the best that I could find on short notice. I'm just telling you. He speeds off. This was the largest, the largest automobile, automobile that I, I could afford. <laughs> Same brain cell. <laughs> so... Emergency hauls ass into Burbank and pulls up outside of a grocery store. It says, all right, uh, good luck. What the hell is supposed to kill him in a grocery, you know, whatever. <sighs> okay. 
Roxanne just gets out of the car, walks into the grocery store, and starts looking for one Mr. David. I forgot his last name already. I've already updated randos. Because it turns out, hey, it's that guy. Wow, who could have guessed? You find him over by the fruits and vegetables. Hmm. All right. How am I going to play this? Fruits and vegetables sections are usually pretty, like, open. Yep. (laughs) Roxanne tries to busy herself looking at the attached bread aisle. Those are usually pretty close together. Yeah, I've been in plenty of grocery stores where that is the case. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so you watch him shop for a while and you just sort of like follow him around the store as he shops and Eventually, he ducks into the Asian foods aisle. And he starts evaluating sauces, and he, like, picks two up and starts looking between them. And something in the back of your head starts, like, going off. Catsup. Ketchup. Catsup. What the fuck? I'm gonna, you know what, what the hell, I'm gonna... Read a bad situation. I roll the ten. Nice. So you can ask me three. Okay, I'm not going to ask the obvious question first. I'm going to ask, are there any dangers that I haven't noticed? Okay, so there's nobody, like, creeping around or anything. Well, is there, like, a sign that's going to fall on his frickin' head? It doesn't look like there's a sign. What does, what it does look like is that the one of the two sauces that he is evaluating seems to have like some special signage on the shelf indicating that it's new. So what? Uh, this is just gonna Is he is he deathly allergic to peanuts? New tiki masala sauce, now with extra explosion. <laughs> okay. Okay, so one of the sauces is new. So presumably something about that sauce is going to kill him? Presumably. Okay. Well, I can't go up and talk to him. So I think what I'm going to do, what seems like the most rational thing to do would be to wait for him to put one in his basket, wait for him to stop paying attention, and then switch it out with the other sauce. Right on. So yeah, he he does in fact like choose the new sauce and the thing in the back of your head gets a little bit louder and he uh, continues shopping and reaches the soup aisle. God damn it. Don't do this to God. me. <laughs> That's soup. And sort of like leaves his cart a little ways in order to evaluate that big fucking wall of soup that every grocery store has. Why is he... Is he looking for clothes? What? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Uh, Okay, so, uh... 
like after he left the sauce aisle, I just picked the other sauce that he was looking at, like the normal one. Uh huh. And I'm just gonna sneak in there, and I'm gonna pop the new one out and put the old one in. Presumably, he'll be less likely to notice if he. Uh, I can assume this is hacked under pressure. Yeah. Give it to me at a plus one because you're trying to do this fast. Mm-hmm. How does 14 do? It's 14, folks at home. That does great. <laughs> it's just a slight breeze and there's a different sauce. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I assume he's probably a lot less likely to notice if I replace it with something versus if it was just gone. Yeah. He's going to be like, oh, I must have, you know, just gotten the new, the old one instead of the new one. Silly me. You know, brains. Yep. <laughs> uh, and once you do that switcheroo, the, the fucking klaxons in the back of your head turn off. I'm going to keep the new sauce, though. I'm just going to s- stick it in my pocket space. <laughs> <laughs> You take it home and open it, and thousands of scorpions all fly out. (laughs) Well, I want to know what's up with it, okay? So, you can follow him the rest of the way around the store, and nothing else sets you off. And he gets into checkout and starts getting rung up. What would you like to do? He's just getting rung up at checkup? Yep. And nothing is bothering you right now. Hey, do I remember what kind of truck or what kind of car he drives? I'm willing to declare yes. You saw it when you first met him. Okay. I assume he probably drives some sort of truck, but I don't know for sure. He strikes me as a truck guy is what I was trying to say. I'm going to say it's a truck, but it's it's like a four-door truck. What I want to do is... I'm actually going to, like, beat him out truck. Um, I'm going <laughs> to beat him outside and, like, try and be opposite whatever direction he's going, see if I can spot his truck. Because, like, he's going to go outside and then I have to presumably stop him from getting hit by a car. Might be a thing. All right, well, you you do, like, go outside and I guess sort of, like, roam around the parking lot a bit to to find where his car is. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I'm just trying to be inconspicuous. Yeah. And, uh... I don't want to get too far away from him, but also I have an idea for how I'm just going to just stick al- uh, right alongside him without him noticing. Alright, so the, um... So here's the deal, is uh, as you're, like, looking around the parking lot, you do find his car, and as you, like, get close to it, the klaxons in the back of your head start going off, and you notice that there is something leaking underneath. Oh. Mmm. Okay, there's something leaking, so presumably is probably, like, his brake line or his fuel line is cut or something like that. I have an idea. Roxanne still has a knife on her somewhere. Yeah. Oh, this is a shitty thing to do, but also... Oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. Do it. (laughs) Look, 
I'm saving his life, and Roxanne will maybe anonymously figure out where he lives and like deliver some money to pay off the tires she wants. She's about to slash. <sighs> Look, okay, this car is obviously unsafe for him to drive. Yeah. No, look, I get it. I get it. This is a this is a good plan. It's just oh. It's a shitty move and I feel bad about it, okay? But I'm trying to save somebody's life here. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to slash his tires. Give me give me another act under pressure and give it to me at a plus 1. Cuz you're trying to do this fast. <laughs> get in, get out without being spotted. <laughs> hey, does what could go wrong apply since it's a stupid plan? You know no, what? I'm not charging into immediate danger. I don't think it would. Okay. Oh, but it's really funny. Eight. Eight. It's the driver's side tire, for the record, to make it the most obvious. Right, right. <laughs> so you slash the tire and... Somebody, not Dave, sees you do it. And you just like, they see you like duck down next to the tire, like real quick, and then try and like walk away being inconspicuous. And they're like, hey, hey! Shit. Fuck. I'm going to. This is a stupid idea. I'm going to duck behind the car, and I'm going to turn into a snake. That was exactly the idea that I had. Can't Which means solve- that it's objectively the correct answer. You can't keep hey. solving all of your problems by turning into a snake. See if I don't. See if I don't turn everything in the universe into a nail that I can solve with this hammer. Uh, but yeah, and you you would know by now that your clothes go with you when you change. Does a hat count as a clothes? Yeah, a hat does count as a clothes. Okay, good. So you are not forced to ditch your hat. You can turn into a snake and crawl under a car. And when the person who sighted you gets up to where you are, they just, like, sound really confused. What the fuck? They try and, like, look under the cars. Like, see if you crawled underneath one. But you it's not difficult to, like, hide behind a tire. I mean, also, if they saw a snake, they'd probably just be like, oh, shit, and leave. Oh no, a snake. So this random passerby like waits next to Dave's car and when Dave comes out they tell him like hey, I saw some weirdo like run by I think they slashed your tire they like ducked behind some cars and they lost me. I tried to follow them and he's you don't hear him say anything for a minute and then you just you hear this like very quiet, very exasperated. Fuck. <laughs> I feel so bad. I don't know how, but I know it was Roxanne. Harrison. <laughs> so he, he thanks the passerby for a heads up, and he he goes back inside. Uh, and then comes back out without his groceries. Presumably he's just, like, keeping his cold stuff somewhere cool, and he's on the phone to, like, get a tow truck out here. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it takes about 30 minutes for the tow truck to come out. They retrieve his car, 
and take it to the nearest body shop. And Dave calls a taxi. Wow, not an Uber kind of guy. What do you do? I'm going to try and snake my way. Ah, oh, this is probably a bad idea. Okay, I'm going to try and snake my way under the taxi and wrap myself around something that doesn't look like it spins or moves. Or conducts very much heat. Yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> After this, I can just get close to Dave anytime I want, because I just spent my whole day around him. <laughs> So after you had slashed the tire, the klaxons in the back of your head stopped going off, and they don't go off at all during the entire drive to... It's not its not a suburb. It's that weird kind of residential area that is like halfway between suburb and urban. Yeah. Suburban, would you say? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's it's the kind of thing that only really exists in, like, big cities. Yeah, I think I get what you mean. I used to live in a place like that. Yeah. And he, you know, he collects his groceries, pays the driver, and heads on inside. I'm gonna stay in snake form and try and, like, hide in the gutter until the car leaves, and then... Does he have, like, bushes in his yard or something? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna slither on into the bushes and probably, like, oh, I hope this. I hope he doesn't have a dog. <laughs> I sniff for dog smell. There is no dog smell about this house. Good. Good, 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 good. Okay, and I probably just like he's the kind of guy who owns a potbelly pig as a uh, as a pet. It's like it's against the homeowners association, but he does it anyway. Fuck the homeowners association. I mean, agreed. Uh, yeah, Roxanne probably just like untransform into the bushes without getting seen. <sighs> I'll allow it. Okay. Yeah, then I'm gonna just. Uh, camp out in the bushes and wait for something to happen. You know, keep all my eyes out. I think I still have a hold from that. Ad. Uh, I think you still have two. Yeah, read a bad situation. So, uh, I'm actually going to go, what's my best way in in case I need to go in his house for some reason? Um, well... You are able to teleport as a snake. And you have discovered previously that, like, for the purposes of have been there before, there's, like, a reasonable sort of margin of, like, you've seen the air, you've been there, you've seen it, you maybe haven't, like, set foot at that exact geographic coordinate, but you've, like, been there. Can I just, I want to say real quick that I like, I understand what you meant, but the way you phrased that sounded like all snakes can teleport. <laughs> you don't know I that mean, they can't. Yeah, Abe, do you know that they can't? Snakes are too <laughs> lazy to teleport. That doesn't mean that they can't. At any time, you're not observing a snake. 
it is teleporting. Some snakes simply choose to stay captive. Because they get fed crickets. And mice. Exactly. Uh, but, so, what I'm driving at here is that if you, you can just, like, get a sort of visual angle inside, you'll be able to teleport in there. Okay. So, I don't need to bust down the door. Good. Nope. Cool. You know, clarification I probably should have gotten is when emergency said, don't be seen, did they mean don't be recognized or don't be seen? Oh, well. Oh, well. Mistakes into miracles. Okay, so I'm just gonna chill out in the bush and look for suspicious people. Other suspicious people, I mean, other than myself. Alright, well, there's no suspicious people currently. However, the klaxons in your head start going off. Fuck. Oh. I'm gonna need to go inside his house, aren't I? Probably. Okay. I'm just gonna try and get a peek in the front window. And, uh, I really wish I had chosen, like, one of my forms to be something really small and sneaky. Rip. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you look inside, and he has finished putting groceries away, and he's currently, like, doing a quick bit of housework. He's, like, dusting. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to say he's, like, dusting out the baseboards around the living room. Okay. And as, uh, as he, like, sort of moves around the room, the klaxons in your head are, like, getting more and more frantic. What is he approaching, does it look like? Like a TV or a piece of electronics? I'm just in my rocking chair that I placed against my wall of knives! It doesn't... It looks like he's approaching the entertainment center. Mm. So he's either going to knock it over on himself, or maybe, like, brush a cord and electrocute himself. He's one of those dudes who brought bought one of those, like, big screen HD TVs when they were still tubes and that are, like, weary... 5,000 pounds or something and he just refuses to give it up because he paid a lot of money for it. Well, it's too heavy to get out the fucking door, too. It's just a permanent part of the house now. Yeah. Fuck. Dave strikes me as the kind of person that would stomp on a snake if it popped up right in front of him anyway. (laughs) Aren't you a big snake, though? Huh? Aren't you a pretty big snake? Yeah. (laughs) I keep going back and forth on this and some sort of snake. I thought we decided on reticulated python. Pit viper. That's it. Reticulated python. God damn it. I'll I'll memorize it one of these days. Reticulated pythons are really big. I looked it up yesterday and reticulated pythons, though not related to pit vipers, do actually have heat sensing pits. Apparently they evolved independently. Huh. Nifty. I'm going to say, yeah, well, shit. I really have no fucking clue what's about to happen here. Presumably his entertainment center is either going to fall on him or shock him or something. 
I'm gonna try and distract him. I'm gonna knock on the window and duck out of sight. Alright, throw me the roll again. Uh, act under pressure. I'm gonna take the one because I'm trying to do this fast. Yep. Seven. Seven. Oh no. Okay. So yeah, you knock on the window and he he pauses and like looks up and starts to walk towards the window. I turn into a snake and slither away. <laughs> Shit. You hear the front door open. I hear the front door open? I thought he was going towards the window. Well, he looked through the window and saw nothing. Yeah. I know exactly what to do. I'm gonna go around the corner of the house. Alright. Haul ass. Yeah. Roll dice to haul ass. Okay, time to fuck it up. I think you fucked it up. Twelve. Hey, you didn't fuck it up. I want... I am waiting for him to get close to me, because presumably going around the side of the house is fine. He will probably look around the side of the house. Uh, you know what? Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'm going to turn into a snake, and I'm going to teleport into his house. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. And then I'm going to hide behind something immediately. Excellent. Uh, So you teleport into his house, and, like, as you... Like, find a hiding space, the klaxons hit a peak, and then the whole house starts to shake. There's an earthquake. Of course. There's an earthquake happening right now. God, I hope his kid's not in here. Well, he doesn't appear to haul ass back inside. Okay. So what is, like, this dude, like, not get on a plane that was going to crash or something? Are we trying to beat death here? What the fuck is happening? Why is everything in this <laughs> yes. house trying to kill him? Why is he so important? I'm not going to lie. I watched one of those movies, and to this day, I still get really nervous driving behind uh, trucks uh, hauling big tree logs. You fucking should. You dude. should be nervous behind any truck hauling anything. Yeah, seriously. True. Like... I saw a piece of particle board go through a car, a front window. Do you notice sometimes their tires just fucking explode? Yeah. Yes, Ape, I believe that's what happened in the movie. Anyway, uh, I guess I'm in this house, though. Yes, so you are in this house. However, you are small and, like, I don't know, under the couch or something. So you're pretty secure. However, the earthquake is big enough to cause the entire entertainment center to fall over. So okay. it, it hits the ground, and even though the earthquake isn't done, the klaxons in your head stop going off. <sighs> you hear Dave come back inside, and he sort of looks around, and he sees the entertainment center, and you hear another... <sighs> And you watch this man spend a couple minutes, like, picking it up. Unfortunately, the TV is busted. How nice is this TV? Eh, middling. Okay. 
Man, this poor dude. I know we shit on him, but man. Roxanne's literally gonna buy him a fucking TV when she gets home. Just she knows his address, she knows his name. Just gonna anonymously buy him a TV. Ship it to his house. Ah. <laughs> Uh, so after he uh, after he picks all that up, he checks the time and sort of like rubs his hand over his face and goes into his bedroom and emerges in athletic wear. Oh, time for Dave to get swole. Oh, he's going to go running, isn't he? He he does have like an MP3 player in his ears and uh, running shoes on his feet. Look out for that car. He has AirPods in. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he does, like, walk out. He does some stretches on his front lawn, and he goes a-running. Shit. Shit. Um, okay. Uh, I can't just fucking follow him. That would be weird. (laughs) <laughs> yeah whatever I'm just gonna try and tail him then alright I'm going to try and tail him throw me the roll uh, it's worth noting for everybody that I only have a one in cool the fact that I have not rolled <laughs> do I get the one in uh, my ex, my plus one in this yet for this you one do. more okay the fact that I've not rolled a six yet is astounding. It's a damn good thing that I gave you that plus one. Yeah, because I just rolled a seven. Uh, okay, so you you are having trouble, like, threading the needle on, like, not being so close that he notices you and not being so far away that you are at a risk of losing him. So I am going to give you a choice. You are going to have to enter one of those zones. So close that he notices me or so far that he that I lose him? So close that he has a very good chance of noticing you. And so far that you have a very good chance of losing him. So obviously not being seen is important. Yep. But... What's more important to me is that he doesn't get mur- uh, murdered or killed in some fashion. So I'm going to go with not losing him. So close enough that he has a chance of seeing me. All right. Like rationally to me and also in character for Roxanne, it makes more sense to care more about his life than the other aspect of this job right now. Right on. So he is uh, he he keeps running. Then he winds up, like, getting into sort of a, a more urbanized area. And at one point, like, comes to a stop uh, near a, like, apartment building to catch his breath. And that's when the klaxons in your head start going off. Mm. I need to get him going, then. Or something is going to happen... It's a shame I didn't steal Ashley's gun. How can I turn into a snake about this? <laughs> How can I turn into a snake about this? You know what you do have that you haven't used in forever? 
Are you going to tell me about my crossbow? Yes, I know. I was like, looking no, at it right I, now. I wasn't talking about that. <laughs> Just like shoot ahead of him with a crossbow. Run, fat boy! I was talking about the other piece of gear that you explicitly took and has never come up. The hole? The ton of shitty knives. Oh, what do we need to throw a knife at him? I don't know. How do I throw a knife at him about this? <laughs> just hasn't come up okay yeah i'm just gonna there's probably like a dumpster or something nearby right uh he has stopped near an alley and there is a dumpster down there okay i was just gonna throw the knife at a dumpster or something that would make a real fucking loud noise i mean that'll work oh okay then yeah i'm gonna like hit that dumpster with one of my knives and just make the loudest noise possible that will presumably make him think maybe I should get going. I don't know what that loud noise was. Alright, well, roll me act under pressure and, uh... Huh. Seven. Seven. Alright. So with two sevens compounding on each other, where are you, like... Where are you in relation to the dumpster? Oh. That's a good question. I don't know, like... Probably perpendicular to the alley, in some sense, if I can be. Like, okay, is this an alley that's like... It's just a road that goes that way, that's not really a road, or is it actually in between two buildings? It's actually in between two buildings. Alright, then she'd probably get behind a ways behind the dumpster and fucking belt that knife as hard as possible. Okay. So you are able to hear when he says, Is everybody alright? And you hear him start to walk into the alley. And the claxes in his head in your head are like freaking the fuck out right now. Dave, you stupid bastard. <laughs> Okay, so I know what I'm going to do. All right. I'm going to take something that's near me, like, say, a trash can lid or something. Uh-huh. And I'm going to... Beat the shit out of Dave? <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of Dave. I'm going to fucking try and throw it fucking at him. arc it. Yeah, I'm going to throw it at him, actually. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm gonna try and make him seem this seems I'm going to scare him off. Right on. Roll me act under pressure to not hit him or get seen doing this. <laughs> uh <laughs> Does this count as a what could go wrong roll? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh no. You have killed Dave. That's a five. Oh. It finally happened. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I pelt Dave in the head with a garbage can lid. He dies instantly. Game over. Oh, no. Oh, no. The pale rider wins. With your actions, the... What's the fucking quote from Morrowind? With this character's death, the thread of prophecy is severed. Restore a safe game to restore the weave of fate, or persist in the doomed <laughs> world you have created. Uh, uh, I got a better one. You idiots! 
snake, you've created a paradox. Back when video games would actually let you kill off important characters and make you face those consequences. See, mine's better because snake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my lord. Okay. So, yeah, so you fucking nailed Dave in the head with the the garbage can lid. Roxanne reflectively mutters, shit. (laughs) And he does, like, get out of the alley, but he starts, like, calling for help. Oh, Dave, you stupid bastard. He just sustained a head wound. Oh, the first thing I can think of feels really shitty to do. Uh-huh. Which would be to get on my phone and call an ambulance for him because he got hit in the head. Huh? But also, like, I don't want to I don't want to saddle Dave with this with a hospital bill. I'll slash his tires, but I'm not going to make him pay for a hospital bill. All right. You know what I should have done in the first place? Mm-hmm. I should have just pulled out my phone and played gunshot sound effects over my phone. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Uh, you could do that. And he is currently not okay enough that he is just going to leave. Oh, I feel so bad for him. Add to the care package. Bottle of aspirin. Fortunately, that does seem to resolve the klaxons in your head. Oh, yeah. He does, like, walk a block, and uh, I guess you can just, like, duck out of the alley and try and follow him. (sighs) Yeah. He winds up asking some passerby to call in a cab because he doesn't have his phone on him. Why did you go running without your phone? Because we're not currently in the age where... Cell phones are also your MP3 player. And, uh... I'm so upset at him. (laughs) He, like, leans up against the closest building, and, uh... You can hear him muttering to himself, and at some point you realize that he's, like, listing off the symptoms of a concussion and sort of, like, self-evaluating. So... Oh, I have the makings of a really stupid plan. Please continue. Okay, so the um, so the cab pulls up, and you you feel a little bit better because it's emergency at the helm behind the wheel, and uh, Dave opens the door and he says, "Hey, um, I don't have any money on me, but God, I just I got somebody fucking threw a trash can lit at my head." And I'm gonna- <laughs> And I need to get back home and just, like, not be out here anymore. I can pay you when we get there. I just, I I don't want to go to a hospital. And fucking emergencies, like, yeah, man, just hop in. If emergency undercharges him. Damn it, I thought he was going to be like, it's okay, David, whatever his last name is. And, like, Dave, no, that's Dave doesn't even not question emergency. the fact that he knows. Oh, oh, right, emergency, not yet, not yell boy. Yeah, right. that would have been yell boy. Okay. Sorry. I confused <laughs> That's why he's not on this. <laughs> uh, so, as, uh, as he drives past you, like, emergency is, again, still too big for this car, so the skulls that make up whatever sort of weird head equivalent that he has are just, like, peeking out, and they all turn to look at you as he drives away. 
I give him as guilty of a look as I can possibly give him. So yeah, emergency takes Dave home. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to teleport back into those bushes. <laughs> as a snake. And I'm just going to wait it out because I'm already using up all my whole night. Yep. I may as well make sure he gets home okay. He does, in fact, get home okay. Uh, he does, like, get inside, retrieve his wallet, and pay the cab fare. Goes back inside, takes a quick shower just to, like, get the blood off of his forehead. Jeez, I didn't think I cracked him that hard. The head wounds bleed like whoa. I suppose. Yeah, there's lots of blood vessels in your noggin. Weird. Yeah, he uh, he like bandages himself up and he he stays active. He like makes himself a smoothie, does some light cleaning. He basically tries to like not fall asleep until he's sure that if he does have a concussion, it's not a thing anymore. Around a uh, around dinner time, a uh, car drives up to the house and whomstever the driver is honks the horn and two girls get out of the car. <gasps> oh. You've met one of them. Your brother may have described the other to you. His kids. His kids. Presumably. Yep. And uh, he actually like the, the kids are like gathering up their stuff like they're going to go inside but Dave actually comes outside and he walks oh, up to no. he walks up to the the driver's side door and you can hear him say that like they should probably stay an extra day with you I received a head wound today and I just need to fuss with that and I won't be able to pay attention to them like I should so just keep them an extra day alright and the person inside actually asks if, like, he would like her to stay overnight to help, like, watch him and keep him awake. And he seems a little hesitant about it, but says okay. And she'll pull into the driveway, and all three of them will, well, all four of them now, Dave, two kids, and this other woman will go inside. Okay, well, that ruins the plan I had, but I think that's probably good then. And uh, you can basically, like, skulk around his front yard for the rest of the night. And when midnight hits, you feel something like click inside your head that tells you it's okay to go home. Awesome. I, so, I'm telling you this because what I was going to do if you had gone that route is if you had, uh, if it had been feasible, is I was actually going to try and sneak into his house and lay on hands his head wound away. Huh. Uh, I don't see how that would have been feasible. He is very explicitly not falling asleep. He's trying to remain as alert yeah. as possible. Oh, I feel so bad. 
Uh, but your mission is complete. At what cost? Dave is a little bit wounded. You just got a busted up TV and the slashed tire. And doesn't get to have the sauce that he wanted. But he is otherwise alive and in good health. Good job. Hey, I still want to know what the what was wrong with that sauce. You can get home and check it out. And uh, listed in the ingredients list is some like is some kind of pepper that you wind up having to Google the name of. And it's it's just this like incredibly niche pepper from like middle of the nowhere China. He's going to die from spicy sauce. He was probably allergic. So, yes, but not in a derisive way. Yeah. I totally meant what I said, though, that Roxanne is going to buy him a new TV and just have it shipped anonymously to his house. (laughs) And some aspirin. Oh, yes. Well, actually, I guess the aspirin's okay. He knows how to take care of a head wound, so, like, presumably once he's outside of the danger aspect of that, he has some aspirin to deal with the awful headache. Yeah, he'd seem to be pretty on top of his shit. <laughs> and uh, later on, I'll have to figure out how to deal with that slash tire. But for now, <laughs> I think I've talked too much. Uh, yeah, that seems like a pretty good place to switch gears. So... Dr. Edwin Steiner. Right. What's happening? Okay, so when I asked about the Pale Rider in the Winter Court, I got a very specific answer that basically translates as no one in the court can help me. I actually gave the exact quote in the Pale Rider problem. Right. Okay. Cannot talk about it, nor can any other Fey Royal, nor can anyone under the banner of any of their courts. Yep. So I need to find someone who does not live under the banner of the court. Which, we technically have two of those now, but I... Who's the first one? Well, Morton is explicitly exiled. Right. I guess then who's the second? Blackbird is a fae and has no idea how how she get, even got here. So could just... I have no clue. And I don't feel like... I, I don't want to rely on Blackbird for everything, but... Blackbird seems very not affiliated with the courts right now. <laughs> the little smile, the little, the little giggle is concerning. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've trained you so well. All right. So, what's the plan then? Uh, well, I mean, like it's been a couple of weeks since Morton's been here. I guess I'll just, like, straight up ask him. I don't expect he'll know anything, because this is extremely niche knowledge. But I will just, just, like, rock up to him one afternoon. And just like, uh, excuse me, Molten, just a a bit of an odd question. 
Yes, Edwin, how can I help you? I'm just trying to find... I'm just checking something. Uh, if I say the name The Pale Rider, does that mean anything to you? I'm afraid not. I didn't think it'd be that easy. Um, Is there... Under... Why would you think that I know about it? I'm just checking different sources about this. Let's see. And the whole time Morton has been on Earth, he has been running in the desert, so I don't think he made any friends during that time. No, and he's only been here since, I think we said the 70s? Yes, we said the 70s, so... I'm just... I'm just trying to get information about a fairly obscure topic, and it's a whole thing. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is it related? No, it's fine. Is it related to the Fae in some way? Sort of, but also no. It's it's a fairly complicated situation. He puts his tools down and, like, sits up in a way that says, I'm ready for you to tell me things. Um, hmm. Let's see. This is sort of complicated because I'm not technically allowed to just talk about this with people, but you are kind of living with us. Um, hmm. If you cannot talk about it, then let us talk around it. Very well. I will ask you again. Why did you believe that I would know the answer to it? Because when I asked um, Winrhein, uh, you know, Queen Winrhein of the Winter Court about it, she told me that they can't talk about it, nor any of the Fae under their banner can talk about it. I see. And um, I should be specific, any of the court's banners, not just the Winter Court's banner. And I am certainly not under any of them. Correct. Have you considered approaching the tenants of the center? The center? I'm actually I, out of character. Is Steiner familiar with the center court? Has that come up before? That's where the watch it has is. come up precisely once. I you might recall that you handed the watch over to an elf wearing the colors oh, yeah, of all yeah, yeah, four yeah, 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 courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, gave the, we gave the watch back to them, yes. Center courts. Yes, they stay out of the affairs of most courts. They tend to only concern themselves with the very old and the very dangerous. That sounds exactly like what I need to talk about. How do I reach them? Well, all of the court royals have access to the center, although they are discouraged from using them, except under the most extreme of circumstances. I see. It, of course, would not be simple. Um, hmm. However, to my knowledge, you would simply need to ask... If you are willing to bear the consequences of your visit, I'm certain you would not be forbidden from going there. You say consequences. Um, can you be a little bit more specific? 
I personally never met anybody from the center. However, my understanding is, is that unless you are visiting for the utmost of emergencies. Uh, I would say this qualifies. We did return an artifact that was stolen from them. That curry favor in any way? They might think favorably of you then, yes. Ah, excellent. All right, this is an angle of attack that I did not know about. Thank you very much, Morton. This has been very helpful. I am going to go talk to Emery and Magpie about this. Of course. Safe hunting. Thank you, and good luck on your project there. So yeah, I take the teleport over to the safe house. Probably tell Emery that you're coming over for business. Oh yeah, just like fire heads up. It yep. seems like the polite thing to do, yeah. And so they are there to receive you. So, Morton has reminded me that there is a fifth court, the center court. And I believe when Renrein said, when I asked her about it, she said, and she was specific, nor can anyone of the, under the banner of any of their courts... Perhaps the center court is an option. So Morton informs me that they are only to be approached in the most dire of circumstances, and, well, this qualifies. And we did return the um, time watch thing to them, so they might have might have a little bit of favor with them. Morton said that we owe, that any of the royals could set up an audience, but... It's, again, only the most diabolical. It, it, it's a thing. Point being, this might be information. This might be a source of information that we can use. Uh, yeah, that's... That that sounds like it works to me. Um, do you... Do you want to go by yourself, or do you want some company? Um, hmm. Well... I don't know what you, if you're not busy, but this seems like I would have to set this up in advance, so I'm just going to go ask. I mean, um, if you want to tag along, I would not be opposed to company, but... You, you know, sure, I could I could use a break from the heat, if nothing else. That's fair, yes. Alright, I'm just going to get... I, I brought the jacket, I'm just... I, I Yeah. I don't have to say that I fucking brought the jacket. God. And, um, you know what? As Emery is grabbing a jacket, they will holler up the stairs to Roxanne. Hey, Roxanne, we're, um, we're, we're going to the Feywilds. You want to come with? Uh, yeah, what the hell? Is it a great idea to leave Blackbird here alone? Um,. I mean, they lived alone for however many uh, hundreds of years they were up on that mountain, and the fridge is full of fruit, and they know not to go outside, so I mm. think they'll be okay. I mean, I just... The fridge isn't... You I mean, the outdoors isn't full of... Well... No, there's fire and knives outdoors. There's fire and pointy things outdoors. Uh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I'm worrying. I'm just... Wor- I'm just nervous. She is very small. I understand. So yeah, so Magpie will 
put her snow boots on and her big poofy jacket. The minute we leave the house, Blackbird just immediately shoves every fork into the microwave. (laughs) Every socket, a fork. Every microwave, a knife. (laughs) So, the four of you can zip yourself into the winter court. Shanai greets you, as always. Uh, good day, Shanai. Uh, we would seek an audience with Queen Renrein, if that is all right. Certainly. Right this way. We'll see if she's available. Thank you. Will Queen Renrein even recognize me? Oh, yeah. You haven't been here in a long-ass time. Roxanne, too busy hanging out with dead folks. Hello, Roxanne. You did something with your hair, didn't you? (laughs) It's true. She did do something with her hair. I mean, they constantly fuck up uh, the names of rappers. I wouldn't put it past them. Just be like, oh, hey, Roxanne, you like put on some extra makeup or something? You've been working out. Also grown a foot. Yeah, well, maybe humans do that when they work out. <laughs> uh, it's called puberty. Look it up. Look, look. <laughs> I have depression. It makes my posture terrible, but I'm on some new medication. <laughs> oh, okay, so... Fuck. So you are let up the main promenade up to the throne room and the both of the royals are there. They seem to be admiring some sort of new art installation. It's some sort of like like massive snowflake that is constantly changing its shape. Cool. What a cool snowflake. So, you are noticed as you arrive and you know, when Brian recognizes most of you, but she sees Roxanne, she looks confused. And as you approach, she says, Dr. Emery, Magdalena, is this a new comrade of yours? Magpie flinches. Damn it, I wanted to, I was going to say I'd pat her on the head, but I don't do that. <laughs> Damn this curse. I was going to say, uh, no, um, Roxanne Harrison, I look a little different. That is certainly an understatement. Are you in good health? Uh, I'm in fighting shape at the very least, and I'm in no pain. No physical pain, at least. That is, I suppose, good to hear. So, how can I help you this day? Um, we have a bit of an unusual request. Um, just going to be blunt with it. Um, who would like to speak with a representative of the center? Something flickers across her face that it takes you a moment to recognize as, hell yeah, he got it. <laughs> I, okay, I straight up forgot they exist and I had to ask a Minotaur man, but sure. Like he got there eventually. She doesn't have to know that. Uh, so she says, having heard of them, you must know that 
only the most dire circumstances are acceptable for a visit. I feel that the end of our, our entire world is a bit of a dire circumstance. I see. Well, right this way then. She will lead you into the palace. I just wave at the prince as we go by. He sort of like waves absentmindedly. He is enraptured by this cool snowflake. It is a damn cool snowflake, though. Roll to admire cool snowflake. <laughs> I roll cool. I was literally about to make a cool roll. Uh, damn it. Yeah, I've seen in more interesting snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't we believe both, the both of you fucking rolled five. That's a, it's an alright <laughs> This is what it's like to shoot five gum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so... So the, the five of you are led deep into the palace. And in fact, you are led deep and down. You wind up going down a couple of flights of stairs. And you enter a room and... The walls are made of some sort of self-illuminating crystal. It's not Roxanne's kind of crystal, before you ask. I wasn't going to. Alright. And in the middle of the room, there is a circle that looks very similar to the one drawn on the garage floor. Huh. Except that at the, the points where you draw in the runes to, like, point the circle at a location, there are metal plates bolted to the floor to cover them up. This is some serious shit then, huh? Yep. Nobody fucking touches these runes. Nope. Also, they're secret. Nobody's even allowed to look at them. So she says... If you will just step in, I can send you straight there. Uh, I assume we had to set up an appointment, but uh, we just go right... All right, of course, all right. You may wish to shed your winter garb. While it is not hot there, it is not cold like we are. Should we leave it here, or...? You may leave it here, yes, to retrieve when you return. <laughs> Steiner, I can just, like, hold on to it for you. Oh, right, you can do that. That's, I totally hear you are. I appreciate it. You know me, Roxanne Harrison, walking coat rack. <laughs> I mean, you've got the horns. Cat we could horn. just hang them there. <laughs> ah. uh, unfortunately, Magpie did not bring a second pair of shoes, so she's going to have to tromp around in her snow boots. Oh, it's adorable. So the four of you can load up into the circle and the queen herself works the spell to send you and as she does like the crystals that make up the walls seem to like resonate with the magic and like hum at a weird frequency kind of makes your teeth chatter mm, yeah like a like a really low bass that just kind of vibrates everything but you experience the same sort of like teleportation jump that you always do when you pop around the Feywilds into out of around. And you reappear in 
a room about the same size, and it's like decorated in the Winter Court's colors, and there appears to be an elf of extremely indeterminate gender, like asleep in a chair next to the only door out of the room. Of note, they are wearing all black. Do we do we wake them up or is this that window? Yeah, Steiner, I think we wake them up. I don't think we should just walk past them. I mean I don't know, if we step off this will they just like spring to attention? I don't understand. Hey, are you awake? <laughs> Roxanne Harrison gets things done. <laughs> so it, it it takes them a moment, but they like slowly seem to come into consciousness, and every time they move, some dust sloughs off of them. Damn, this is a slow job, huh? And they they look at all of you sort of bleary-eyed, and they cock their head and have a very curious look on their face. Like, that's a person, that's a person, that's a person, but very small. What the fuck is that? I mean, it might be a person. I don't know. I don't get out much. Person shape. I just have coats on its horns. <laughs> <laughs> but then they stand and approach you all and like fold their hands together in front of them and they ask what is the nature of your visit uh, we seek information on the pale rider for what reason do you seek this information to stop him from destroying the planet well killing everybody on it eh, it's more dramatic like that understood this way please Thank you. And they turn around and they touch the door and it seems to react to their touch, sort of dissolves. And you are led outside. And outside is weird out here. The ground is this sort of like weird, weirdly like brown, it's sort of like beige, like this neutral beige tile. The, the weather is indeterminable. Like, you could not place, like, what time of year it is, what sort of climate you might be in. Does it look like one of those, uh, like, when they time-lapse the weather and the clouds are just moving super far across the sky and they keep accumulating and disappearing and things like that? Uh, sort of. It isn't like... It isn't hyper cloudy out. It's it's like neutrally cloudy. Hmm. Hmm. And so that's that's all like first impressions, but you notice very quickly that the the area you're in is circular. It's this kind of, it's this huge circle and you can see on the opposite side of it, there is another building very similar to the one that you just walked out of. But in the center of it is a hole. 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 Like, Garden look. Like, it's a pit. Like 500 feet in diameter. 
So tell me, yeah, tell me more about the hole. <laughs> Let's learn about the hole. Describe I want to know about the hole. <laughs> All right. So as your uh, as your guide escorts you to wherever they're escorting you to, you wind up straying pretty close to the hole. And as you look down, number one, you very much can't see the bottom. Number two, you can see like along the face of it are like caves maybe but they are all chained up huh that's weird is there like a guardrail because I can already feel myself getting vertigo standing next to this <laughs> there is not in fact a guardrail yeah I hate heights the lip is slightly raised but there is no guardrail. Dr. Steiner, look out, there's a hole. <laughs> also, you can hear something down there. You can hear, like, a lot of some things. There's a lot of, like, talking in languages you don't understand. Somebody seems to be breathing very heavily. I don't like this hole. But you can't catch sight of the source of any of these noises. I don't like this strange hole. What a charming hole. I want to go back to the familiar holes. I want to go back to the holes I know. Here I go again on my own. <laughs> Going down the only hole I've ever known. <laughs> Christ. Okay. <laughs> so, your, your little group sort of goes around the hole and winds up crossing to a small station seems to be just like equidistant between two of the entry buildings and there is another weird elf dressed in black just sort of sitting there this one is not covered in dust they're just sort of like observing the scenery around them and once you get close enough they begin observing you and once you get close enough your guide just turns around and walks back. Okay. Well, that was weird. We won't tell anyone you were sleeping. <laughs> and this new individual gives a polite bow to all of you and looks at you expectantly. Uh, we seek information on the Pale Writer. They nod and ask, is there any information in particular that you seek? Um, Roxanne how to permanently... tries very hard not to say any and all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, like, let's prioritize here. What would be the number one thing we would want to know? I say the weakness. Yeah, you know, it'd be very useful to know how to kill him. The thing is, though, I think we might have a lead on the weakness, considering when I I was talking to Sam in a previous session, and I was telling him, like, there's there's rules to this, like, you have to know what will kill it, and he sort of just nodded yes. I think he knows the weakness, I just need to get it out of him, so that might not actually be number one priority. Okay. I mean, this is 
apes thing, so. Yeah, I mean, that it, it is your thing, so if you want to ask about the weakness, then well, by all I means, mean, go like, ahead, if you're pursuing but... that lead already. Yeah. Uh, let's... Probably the shield, the wing shield thing, honestly, would be my... I'm assuming, I'm just, like, Grant would have shared that he's pursuing a lead on the weakness. I could also be, like, 100% fucking wrong. Who knows? Um... Uh, I feel like the... I can give the suggestion of just, like, asking general questions to start and then honing in on something specific as you go. <laughs> How much information do you have on the Pale Rider? <laughs> Has anyone thought to ask, so who the fuck is this guy, anyway? See, I was going to do it, but I was, like I said, I wanted it to be Ape's thing, and I didn't want to say it. No, you can say that. That's fine. Roxanne just blurts. Who the fuck like, is he? Steiner's like trying to like do like the rules lawyer genie thing, where he's trying to freight figure how to phrase this so that he doesn't get like completely screwed, and just Roxanne can just blurt out, "Who the fuck is he? Who the who and what the fuck <laughs> is the pale rider? Don't curse at the elves." <laughs> You can't see the face that I just made. <laughs> I just Describe did the shittiest. I just did the shittiest teen roll eye shakehead thing. <laughs> uh, so the this this attendant of the center sort of looks at Roxanne and just seems to consider her existence for a moment. And then sort of like moves their hands in a bit of a circular way. And the tiles on the ground raise up and they sit on one of them. And you all have tiles to sit on as well, to be clear. Oh, it's story time. Yay. Yeah, what the hell? I'll take a seat. Congratulations. You've unlocked exposition dump. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I had to go through all the dialogue options. Ah, <laughs> uh, if you do it right, we can unlock the romance option for this elf. Oh man, oh, no. can I kiss the elf? That would be extremely unfortunate. You're stepping into Grant's territory here. Yeah, normie space. <laughs> You're not the only one that's allowed to kiss an elf. Anyways, so the attendant is has their eyes closed and seems to think for a while and then blinks open Loading. and asks you all how much are you aware of the history of the Feywilds? Um, hmm. Myself, not quite a lot, actually. I see. Then I will start at the beginning. That's always a good place to start. The Feywilds are disconnected from the flow of time in your world. And so... It is difficult to tell you how long it has existed. More than five years. <laughs> the prevailing theory is that it has always existed. However, it has not always existed in this way. In the beginning, the seasons were all joined together. This land was wild, chaotic, endless, and full of potential emphasis on a wild the Feywilds the party years and it persisted in this way for 
an unknowable amount of time before one person found it obnoxious. That person was the first homeowners association. (laughs) (laughs) That man's name was David. (laughs) And so with all the might in their body, they beat order into the Fey Wilds, tore the seasons apart, and separated it into the four courts that you all will know today. That was our first ruler, Adel. Adel. A-D-E-L. I'm going to type that name for you. (laughs) Every time. Ah. It's fine. Fantasy names need to be typed out. Adel and his brother, Kine. Okay, I get it. All four seasons were managed by the ruler for, again, an untellable amount of time. But again, things were not allowed to be kept static. People were born, people died, and our master walked among us, wanted to be with us, and eventually fell in love with a prophet. Sorry? A prophet, one who sees the future. This prophet was afflicted with compulsive visions. They could not be stopped, and they were compelled to write them down, all of them, as they appeared. And while those of their kind are quite sturdy. They are not infinitely sturdy. And this took a toll on their body until they died. Mm. And our master found that unacceptable. And so they sired four children to watch this place in their stead and then left us. The other knows the shape, but will not speak to ones unseen. Huh. Not getting it. Ah, am I jumping to conclusions by... uh, Assuming that the Master and the Pale Rider are the same? I mean, that's what I was getting at. I mean, not getting at assuming too, but... Hey. Always pays to ask. Yes, we did become aware of this second name for our master. All right. Um, do you know how he came to be sealed under California? Where is California? <laughs> it is the home of the Biggie Smalls. Uh, excuse me, I think you'll mean, you mean the large tinies? Home of the Whopper. <laughs> To our knowledge, our master began a crusade on your world. We lack the knowledge of why this was done. The force that our master was met with was not enough to end them, 
but it was enough to stop them for a time. Mm. Do you know the identity of this force? Who they were? Or It was the people of your world. People who lived there. Okay, so no. Yeah, that tracks with what, uh, what I, well. It was Jerry. You know Jerry, right? Yeah. He lives on your world. You've met Jerry, surely. Hey, you live on Earth. Have you met Jerry? <laughs> Real talk. I, I haven't, like, looked up the names of fucking Native American tribes from 5,000 years ago. So okay. I could not give you those names. Like, I know the Mayans. That's all I got for you. But it wasn't just them. Okay. All right. Well, that's an angle of attack. Maybe there's records left of that. Okay. Don't know why he's doing it. Maybe a human threw a garbage can at him. Where would you get an idea like that? I don't know who would be so stupid to do that. <laughs> who, would, who would throw a garbage can at somebody? Can I offer a hint? Say words. You're on the scene. You can speak. You said the prophet wrote down everything that they saw. Was any of it, did any of it relate to the Pale Rider, your master, the Sovereign? Ed? Adel? No. To our knowledge, all of the Prophet's writings were on the actions of people from your world. Hmm. Huh. Oh. Oh. If there's no more humans, there's no more visions ah well that makes an amount of sense but I mean the prophet's already gone the prophet died an untellable amount of time ago huh well I mean no we know that we know for a fact that you can stay in the Deadlands as long as you want, so long as you have the will to. Yeah. That. Also, um, for the first time, Emery speaks up, and they actually, like, sort of, like, real quickly, like, elbow Roxanne in the side and say, Hey, um, aren't, isn't your whole thing, like, you, you told us people don't, or people who die, they're, they're kept there? Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got these big amber orbs that they keep them in. Like that, uh... uh, Matrix? The pixie. Right. So... So if... They might have the lover there. The prophet. The prophet. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Because if... If the... If the prophet didn't exist anymore, um, the the pale rider wouldn't have any. Well, I suppose a grudge, but not maybe not a genocidal grudge. Um, actually, 
Excuse me, um... Do you have information about someone called the Blind Seer? The Blind Air. Blind Air? Thank you. I'm afraid I do not know this name. Uh, of course not. Hmm. God, if the Blind Air is the prophet, I'm gonna be... Uh, anything about um, a place called Elysium? That name has not reached our ears either. Hmm. What about the worm itself? Right, yeah, the, uh, the Great Worm and the Pale Rider. That's the other half. We do have a small amount of knowledge about the Master's greatest weapon, in that it was that the Master did not have it when they left us. Okay. So it's something from Earth, then. Wow. Or the Deadlands. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be boring. Uh, I mean, if I can, like, hypothesize for a second, maybe the reason that the worm is on Earth is the same reason there's a giant hole that leads to the Deadlands in uh, San Bernardino Desert. Huh, yeah, I guess that makes sense, yeah. Hmm, is this whole worm-shaped? <laughs> is there like a s- tiny little person-shaped part of the hole at the top there? With some <laughs> wings? God, there's just so many questions to ask. Um, actually, okay. The sword he uses, did he have that when he left? I can't imagine he did. The sword's from the Deadlands. Is it? Yeah. It's, uh... Ah, uh, it's made of... The same stuff my eyes are made of. Alright, it's made of Elysium rock. Specifically, that crystal is only found in Elysium. And yeah. the... The tenant does... The attendant does uh, communicate that... Uh, no. That sword is new. I mean, I guess that makes... Hmm. Okay, this so... seems like an extremely Roxanne question to ask, so I'm just going to ask it. Hell yeah. What is the connection between your master and the Vox and I, then? They quirk their head and say, this is not a word that is familiar to us. Um, It's... My brother stole some fey magic because he wasn't a very good wizard. Um, and he had, he could, uh, he called it opening his third eye and he could see things that he normally couldn't see with them, like uh, ghosts and magical things. And I, I think it, I heard that it was some combination of the two of like the fey magic and the third eye that gave him that effect? The Vox and I is what they kept calling it? Ah. I see. Yes, true sight. The Master was quite adept at true sight. It was instrumental in the formation of the Four Quartz. So, the Master was just really good at it, and that's why 
I guess that explains. So basically, fucking Grant brought out the chess, brought out checkers while everyone else was playing chess. Grant challenged. Grant challenged fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger to an arm wrestling contest after he hadn't eaten for a week is essentially what happened. Hmm. Also after Arnold Schwarzenegger had punched him in the face several times. Um, what I'm saying is that he wasn't going to win this exchange. I don't suppose you have any information on like true sight and how it works and how like to protect yourself when using it. Practitioners of true sight are always exceptionally careful as the doorways that are opened can never truly be closed. If a connection is formed, it can never be broken by either party. And so all who are capable of it are extraordinarily careful about who they use it around. Bad news. Well, not all of them. Bad news, Grant. This dude's going to be seeing you whack it, in it until one of you dies. Wow. That's going to happen pretty soon. <laughs> or until I sever the connection somehow. You can't. You don't know so that. So there's no way... You don't? So, then, is there any way to sever the connection, though? Death is the easiest method. However, a simple loss of the ability to perform true sight at all would cause the same effect. Those are the only methods that I'm aware of, although a great many things are possible in all of creation. There may simply be methods that I am unaware of. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, what other fey magics was... Hold on. Fucking... I've already forgotten how to pronounce the goddamn name. Adil? What? Long A. The E I Z Long A. I Idol. Adel. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's fine. What other Fey Magics was My brain is fallen out of my body? <laughs> you can just say your master. <laughs> your master adept in Adel. There it is. You did it. All. No, you could get there. I was trying to find a way to say all of them. That just wasn't me saying all of them. But uh, effectively, the answer you get is that Adel was kind of a pioneer. Just like any magics that existed while he was around, he knows. Guess when you live forever. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to say this out of character. When you leave this place, you are not going to be cut off from it for eternity. So if you are at a point where you just want to, like, wrap this up, go home so we could do Colin's second thing and get the session done before you pass the fuck out, that's yeah, fine. You can come back later and ask more questions. I, I, I just, like, I think we've fairly exhausted our list unless we want to straight up, hey, how do we kill your former master? Which seems kind of rude. Watch it be something really stupid. Just, oh, he's, he's uh, weak he's, to cold iron. He's super allergic <laughs> to peanuts. 
<laughs> this, see, there's this really weird pepper that grows in the middle of... <laughs> All you have to do is sing this. I know a song that gets on everybody's nerves. Everybody's nerves. Everybody's nerves. <laughs> he'll just get so annoyed, and he'll die. <laughs> if you can diss his mama hard enough... <laughs> I mean, you can feel free to ask. Did was there anything that ever hurt him besides the death of his lover? Ah, you seek to kill my old master. Uh, he's kind of forcing our hand. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but he's kind of going to kill all of us unless... It's not an ideal situation. I understand. We are aware of the unique codes of unmaking inherent to all magical creatures. However, we do not know what our master's was. I see. We know that our master knew it. We do not know if they ever told anyone. Uh, Well... Regardless, this has been extraordinarily helpful. Uh, I thank you very much for your time. If anyone else has anything they wish to ask? Was he always an asshole? (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say it, but I'm glad somebody did. The subjugation (laughs) of a realm of nigh-infinite chaos does require a particularly strong personality type. So yeah, kind of. However, we did know them to be gentle at times. Hmm. Well, maybe there's some good stuff in them then. Maybe we can find it while we're climbing his guts off the floor. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Neither Emery nor Magpie have anything really to say. Magpie can't think of any questions, and Emery is just like processing, processing. <laughs> you just learned the origin of one of the other realms. Hmm. Big think. Hmm. I have a big think. Many thoughts, head full. Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> well, Roxanne, no thoughts, head empty. The trick to big problems is you don't think about them. Throw a knife at it. It's worked before. Throwing things at your problems makes them go away sometimes. No, hey, 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 that's only half of your solutions. The other half is turning into a snake. (laughs) (laughs) That's only a recent thing. I'm pioneering new techniques in problem solving. I threw things at it, I turned into a snake, and I tried to absorb their wounds into myself, and I am out of ideas. (laughs) Look, sometimes I get real up in somebody's grill and then I do something stupid. <laughs> it works like nine times out of ten. Um. Alright, so yeah, uh, Dr. Steiner will stand up and give a bow and then wait to be escorted out, I guess. Yep. This attendant will stand and wait for everybody else to be standing before they lower all the tiles back into the floor and escort you back to 
the little building that you came in from. So as I pass the elf that guards that little room, I just kind of like, we didn't tell anyone that you were asleep. They don't really react. It's just sort of blink absently at you. No wonder they live in the center. These are the most boring elves alive. (laughs) Oh, so they're Tolkien elves. Got it. I mean, I guess it makes perfect sense that the elves that live in the center don't have any particular emotion associated with them and are therefore pretty uh neutral oh my god it's an entire race of centrists uh Uh, the literal centrists that live in the center uh by the way um on your way out could could i just have the two of you roll me sharp rolls i just want to see if you notice something Uh, Jesus. Wow. Sevens, on the both of you. So, you, you've you only met two of them, but the both of them have this weird sort of fake quality to them. Hmm. Huh. Fake, huh? Uh-huh. Something in your head is like, when you see them, you like trip and like, that's not real. That's not what it is. This entire place is just an illusion. This is all the dream of an elder god. So the the four of you can pile into the uh, circle back to the winter court. The guard, I guess, will work the spell to send you back. It's suddenly cold. Hey, it actually feels like something here. Y'all ever seen that episode of Community where... Uh, fucking Donald Glover's character becomes an air conditioner repairman and he goes into the room temperature room that's that's what was kind of going on there hmm. I know I've seen that episode but also I don't remember it very well well now uh, now you actually feel cold for real alright everybody take your coats <sighs> this was Emery's there we, there we go. All right, then. No, that's back to why I. You know I. All right, that one's mine. That the, the one with the trim. There we are. There's only three of these. It's not that hard. And then you can all. I don't want to like have this run too too much longer. You can all. Basically, just you. You are trusted to see yourselves out. The queen and the prince continue to be enraptured by this absolutely hella snowflake. It's not that great a snowflake. Right. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, Greatly appreciated. Enjoy your snowflake. (laughs) They wave at you fondly. Uh, So... I'm not sure how much of that was actually real. I think the entire thing might have been some sort of grand illusion projected over something else. Everything in there felt a little too normal. And did anyone else get that? I mean, it was definitely weird. Yeah, um, both of those people we met, uh, uh, on, God, 
Uncanny Valley? That's it. Yeah, they were they were tripping that real hard on me. Right, like that one had a layer of dust over them. I'm like uh, elves are patient. I get that, but I don't think I've ever sat anywhere ever to get a layer of dust on me. Is that like were we were just in the equivalent of a computer? Is that what just happened? I mean, looking at that hole, we were definitely in some sort of equivalent of a prison. Mm. Or like a vault, maybe? The fairy stole the watch from there. Yeah. I'm just thinking, how did the fairy get in there? <laughs> maybe I'll have to ask. Hmm. I mean, I know where she is. I know where that bitch lives. <laughs> I've literally seen her. We'll go bang on her front door and holler through her window. Let me in! Let me in! Alright, so the four of you can get back home. And I work the return spell with Magpie so that you all didn't lose too, too much time. And, uh... Henry doesn't even really feel like cooking. They just want to, like, lay on their bed for a while and have a think. Do you want me to order a pizza? Since I'm here. God damn it. I was going to do that. Damn it. Yeah. You know what? Thrill me. Cool. Uh, let's see. I'm going to have thin crust with mushrooms and sausage. Um, what do you want on yours? Mushrooms? What the fuck? Mushrooms. I love mushrooms on a pizza. Thin crust, mushrooms, and sausage. My fucking go too. Look, I'm just saying black olives. Yeah, okay, maybe. Alright, so. Grant Harrison. Yes. Out of curiosity, have you ever been outside the country before? No, uh, I believe way, way early into the game, I stated that Grant maybe before the campaign started spent a total of like two months outside of New York City, none of which was abroad. Huh, cool. So I guess uh, as you step out of the, uh, the airport in Beijing, that's your first time on foreign soil. Yup. So the first thing before anything that you notice, and in fact, you, you would have noticed this on the flight in and just like it would have begun to dawn over you. The first thing you notice is the fucking smog. Beijing kind of has hella fucking air pollution problems. Yeah, it does. It is difficult to see long distances currently. Huh. And uh, as you actually like get out of the airport, Sifu Ho pulls you off to the side and like works a quick spell out of everybody's sight and then just like baps his hand against your chest. And then he does the same thing and he says, so uh, I love this country. I don't love its air. Oh, did you just give us like air filters magic air filters that's that rules actually yeah i uh i think that was the third spell that uh i learned once the <laughs> uh the sort of modern era rolled around 
because you did say that he's like 300 years old and smog isn't that old yeah yeah he's like somewhere around 300 he is up there so after he uh he works that spell you've you've basically you're you're packing light you've just got to carry on yeah and uh so you like getting through baggage claim was just like done and uh, you declared yourself at the customs, and now you are walking through the streets of Beijing. How do you feel about it? Grant actually thinks this kind of fucking rules because ever since he learned magic from a, a, a Chinese man, he always wanted to go to China in some capacity. He was considering maybe Hong Kong, but like, and he never considered like the way that he would be going to China would be to join a mystical, like wizard knight sect that has existed for since like the, like the Han dynasty. But you know, this, it, it works. He's pretty stoked. Yeah. If only the view was better. Yeah. So the, uh, doesn't look like the trip to the Forbidden City is going to be that long. You probably just hop a bus. It's kind of a tourist attraction, at least certain parts of it are. Yeah. So you aren't wasting any time here. Uh, you can maybe do some sightseeing later after business is taken care of, but you just load up onto yeah. a bus and head straight for the Forbidden City. It's... Well, it's not as pretty as it could possibly be because, again, air pollution. Yes. But on a good day, this place is kind of hella. And there's a, there's a big old like front gate that you just walk through with all the other locals and tourists. And there are very much like places that people are not allowed to go go and you wind up breaking off down one of those directions and it looks like a couple of people who appear to work for the government are starting to approach you but Sifu Ho gives them some sort of signal with his hands and they nod at him and just turn around and go back to their posts that was neat yeah it's this place is very much not open to the public and we don't need to get arrested while we're here on business. <laughs> that kind of defeats the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, you work your way through the sort of smaller buildings in the back, and you get to one that is honestly kind of humble in appearance. It's It still has the, the same sort of look as all the others, but it's not big and... While its roof is the same sort of style as all the others, the same sort of like red and gold, the like body of it is it's less ostentatious than all the other ones surrounding it. Got it. I kind of I, I get what you're going for. Yes. Yeah. And once you rock up to the front door, Sifu Ho starts doing some stretches. Okay. You should probably do these, too. We're, yeah. uh, we're going to be walking for a bit. Okay. I do so. So, then he walks up to the door, and he turns to you, and he says, Okay, two things. Number one, we are not allowed to talk on the way down. Okay. 
Number two, when we get down there, if there's a guy who looks like he's 16 and he's very loud, don't fuck with him. We don't need that. Okay. Note, absolutely fuck with that guy. (laughs) No, no, he would not embarrass Ho like that. Grant would not mess up, mess this up for the one person in the world he actually respects. <laughs> so then he places his hand on the door. The door doesn't, the door appears to be ornamental at first blush. It doesn't have like a doorknob or a handle on anything. When he places his hand onto it, it just sort of like slides to the side. And the two of you step in and start walking down a staircase and you keep walking down a staircase and you keep going and you are on this thing for a long time like i know you're a new york brat i don't know if you've ever like been one of those guys who takes the stairs up and down the empire state building just to say that you can no no he did go to the crown of the uh Statue of Liberty once, though, which I have done. And let me tell you, those are not fun stairs. They are terrifying ah. and they are steep and uh, ah, but no. Are there fun stairs? Do fun stairs exist? I've been on some fun stairs before, but it's more that I was fun going up them than the stairs themselves were fun. <laughs> hmm. But no, while these while these are not like precarious. There's a lot more of them. I like to think that Grant started trying to keep count when he saw how deep the pit goes and then just loses track somewhere around 372. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's just over a 30th of the way there. Yeah. Yeah. But after what is probably an hour... You reach the bottom, and <laughs> Sifu Ho just kind of like shakes his arms and legs out and says, That is 10,000 steps. Okay. And your first time down and your first time up, you have to take them. Every other time, you're allowed to take the elevator. Okay. All right. I was about to say, if I have to do this every time I come here, I might reconsider. No, no, no. There's there's another even more secret entrance, but you have to do it the first time both ways. Okay, fair enough. So the, the stairs let out into a small antechamber that just like has uh, just some benches and refreshments in case anybody who came down those stairs or is about to go up needs some. Yeah. Let's get some water with, like, lemon in it or whatever they have here. Grant needs a cookie. (laughs) You failed the first test already. Grant will take a cookie even if he doesn't need a cookie. Let's just put... I'm just gonna... Nobody needs a cookie. It is not an essential part of life. It is... Strong disagree, good sir. Yeah, seriously. What is wrong with you? It is not... In the hierarchy of shelter and food, it is down there. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm not saying cookies aren't amazing, but if you do not have cookies, you won't die. I don't know about that, and I'm not (laughs) willing to test it. 
I don't want to go to a dimension where there's no cookies and have to test that. Mm. So after the two of you recover, you make your way out of the antechamber into the Grand Hall. And it is massive, dark, full of pillars, and almost empty. Let me guess, there's a guy who looks like he's about 16 here. Uh, well, you haven't met him yet. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> there's just like a couple of like benches around. You can see around the edges of the room, there are hallways leading to parts yet unknown to you. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of the room, there is like a small stage. It looks like it could fit two people on it. And then behind that, relative to you, is a big chair. Okay. So Sifu Ho turns to you and says, uh, so everybody else is here. I just need to signal them. So, and he just sort of like tilts his head towards the chair. The two of you can start walking. All right. And as you are headed out there, you hear someone behind you say, oh Lord, who let the fucking American in here? Uh, I'm not going How to say dare you, sir. I have never fucked in my life. <laughs> By the way, yeah, I should true. say, I should say for the, uh, for the, for the folks at home, like Colin and I know this, but I want to make it explicitly clear. What you are hearing me say is not the words that are coming out of everybody's mouths. You are hearing me read the subtitles. Everybody here is speaking in Mandarin. Yep. Including Grant. Are you speaking traditional Mandarin or simplified Mandarin? Uh, at this point, it's probably traditional. It probably started simplified. No, I'm asking Grant. Oh, oh. traditional. That's what. No, you aren't. Oh, is, is it simplified? No, Sifu Ho is like 300. He would have taught me. He would have taught me traditional. Okay, it's way harder to learn though. But yeah. No. Okay. okay yeah, I can see the 300 year old. Changing your traditional men during this year. Okay. So, yeah, traditional. Yep. So, anyways, just had someone ask who the fuck let the American in here. I turn around to see who is talking. It's some 16 year old dude. He's in like a dark leather jacket and he, his hair is dyed like bright yellow. And he looks. A combination of smug and angry. Let's see. I was told not to feed into him, right? Yeah, basically, uh, don't fuck with this guy. You don't need that in your life. All right. Grant just sort of shrugs and is like, I mean, Sifu Ho did, I guess. His eyes sort of roll off of you and onto your teacher, and he, like, stalks up to you. And he's, he asks Sifu Ho, And why have you brought this? And he just sort of motions at you into our halls. And Sifu Ho adopts the perfect image of patience and says, it is within my right and I possess the authority to give invitations to our order to those deemed worthy. And I have submitted him for evaluation to 
both of our superiors, and they also found him worthy. And he just sort of clicks his tongue and rolls his eyes and like gives you an up and down. He says, I don't see it. Grant bites his tongue because he is very tempted to say, neither did the Prince of Summer, but that tune changed. Motherfucker, you cheated on that fight. (laughs) Yeah, but still, I want it. Okay, the Prince of Summer is still very much alive. Yeah, still. Uh, Either way, Grant goes, well, looks like I'll just have to try and work myself to prove that I'm worthy. (sighs) See that you do. He just sort of stalks over to a bench and sits down in a bit of a huff. And Ho looks at you with gratitude. As we continue walking towards the door, or the, the bench, or like the seats, I, I say quietly enough so that that guy can't hear, What a fucking asshole. Yeah, but he's exactly as old as he looks, and he's probably more powerful than I am. So we really don't want to fuck with him. Okay. So the the two of you get towards the sort of small stage and Sifu Ho sinks to his knees and gets into just sort of like the like seated position just to wait. All right, I will do the same. And over the course of the next couple of minutes, four other people trickle into the room. They are all men and... Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And one of them appears to be quite old. And the. It's actually. Running the world. I mean, yeah, kinda. Uh, So one of them appears to be quite old. Three of them, including the really old one, take positions on the floor near you. And the the second oldest looking one, who is the only one that seems to have any like flair on his clothing, sits in the big chair. Ah, the big kahuna. Yes, the big kahuna. So after a a, a moment of just like quiet contemplation, the one on the throne. I shouldn't call it a throne. It's it's not that much. But the, the one on the big leader chair stands and steps onto the small stage and says, Grant Harrison, step forward. Grant stands up and steps forward. And you are sort of motioned to step onto the stage as well. All right, yep. Step onto the stage. Our dear brother, Zhang Ho, has petitioned us to bring you into our order. And we have read an account of your life and deeds. And while we are hesitant to bring in others from outside our lands, we believe Red white people read Americans. <laughs> I mean, historically, white people showing up in your country is not a good thing. No, no, this is the first step for a very bad thing happening. So, while we 
are hesitant to bring in people from other lands into our order. Brother Zhang Ho has pled your case quite convincingly. And so we have decided to bring you in on a probationary basis. I'm honored even for the chance to join. Please be seated. And he motions for like this small square drawn on the stage. I will sit in it. And he sits in one opposite. And then he motions at one of the men on the ground and says, Treasurer Bokin Shur, please. The artifacts. And the eldest looking one stands and produces from nowhere and sort of like lays them out on the stage between the two of you. Two small cups as you would drink alcohol from. Two needles made of some sort of silvery metal and a large clear jar filled with a clear liquid and a very large snake. Okay. Drink the snake liquor. Do it. <laughs> this is, I'm dropping a link in Discord. This is a real thing. Snake wine. You literally put a snake in a bottle with alcohol and like its, its essence, specifically its venom, is meant to diffuse into the liquor. And it's used in like ceremonies in China. I also see that there's scorpion and snake wine that's fucked up and awesome. Uh, however, as you examine the snake, you realize this is very much not an earth snake. It has two heads and seems to have like kind of malformed wings. And like its scales are kind of like weird silver and gold that you've never seen on any earth snake before. This is some sort of weird fae snake that they've got percolating in this bottle of liquor. Huh, okay. So, the the leader, whose name I have not yet given you, but that's coming. Okay. The leader, after the after everything's been set down and Bokin Shur has gone back to sit down, the leader looks at you and says, do as I do and repeat after me. This is your initiation ceremony. Grant just nods. He doesn't say anything because I'm pretty sure that would already break the rules. He reaches over and picks up the little dish that you would drink out of and the needle. And he sets the dish on the ground in front of them and he holds the needle in his offhand. All right. Grant will do the same. Grant is a righty, so he holds the needle in the lefty. And then he sits up and closes his eyes and says, with no action, will I bring disgrace to China? With no action, will I bring disgrace to China? And he takes the needle and he pricks his pointer finger and lets a drop of blood fall into the dish. Same? Same. With no action, will I bring disgrace to those above me? With no action, will I bring disgrace to those above me? He pricks the tip of his middle finger and lets a drop of blood fall into the dish. Yep, there we go. 
With all my actions, I will serve as an example to those beneath me. With all my actions, I will serve as an example to all those beneath me. He pricks his ring finger, drop of blood in the dish. There we go. With all my actions, I will serve the good of man. With all my actions, I will serve the good of man. Pricks his pinky, drop of blood in the dish. There we go. With the whole of my being, I will reject the unbridled chaos of the green and the everlasting emptiness of the gray. With the whole of my being, I will reject the unbridled chaos of the green and the everlasting emptiness of the gray. He pricks his thumb and lets a drop fall into the dish. And there he goes. I commit myself to this. This is who I am for as long as I draw breath and ever long after. I commit myself to this. This is who I am for as long as I draw breath and ever long after. And he scrapes a small cut into the palm of his hand and lets a drop fall in. There it goes. And then he reaches over and picks up the jar of snake wine and tips it over to fill the cup and then puts it back down where it was. Yep, I reach over and I do the same. And then he picks up the dish that's got the blood and the alcohol in it and he offers it to you. And then I pick mine up and I offer it to him. He takes yours. I take his. He drinks it. I drink it. I've been poisoned. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're married. Take one harm. Uh, I'm going to need a plus tough roll. No. Okay, uh, really? What? <laughs> no, not really. And then he stands. I stand. And he offers you his hand to shake. And I will take it. And uh, as he shakes your hand, he says, Grant Harrison, I am Honghui Zhuang, leader of the Wuxi Yoxia. Welcome to our order. It is an honor. Congratulations, Grant Harrison. You are officially the initiate. Hooray! And countdown till Bre- Grant completely fucks up those vows. In <laughs> three, two, one. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about the initiate and uh, sort of the the things that we're going to be covering are you you are going to get like a tour of the facilities. So you are going to wind up going to the armory. You are going to the artifact collection. You are going to the library. You are going to the training grounds. This place is like kitted out to run this sort of organization. And so while we are going through here, you are going to be picking things up to go with your class. And also at the same time, you're uh, you're going to be digesting this mystical snake wine. And so some things are going to be happening inside of you. Awesome. Yes. Grant is into this. <laughs> Get fucked up on snake wine. Hell yeah. So the initiate, a familiar class to those of you who have been here for the Baltimore game. This is you join some sort of maybe not ancient, but definitely an order 
of usually fighters devoted to some sort of mission. And first things first, it comes with traditions. You get two good traditions, which are in this case, magical lore and magical items. And one bad tradition, which in this case is tradition bound, in case you can't tell from the whole blood magic snake wine thing. Blood magic snake wine, no girls allowed, that kind of shit. 10,000 stairs up and down your first time. Yep. Blood magic snake wine, no girls allowed is now my new ska band. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for someone to make that joke. (sighs) So you get a... You get your starting move, which is when you are in good standing with your sect at the beginning of each mystery, roll plus charm. On a 10 plus, they provide some useful information or help out in the field. It says on the field, should be in the field. On a seven to nine, you get a mission associated with the mystery. And if you do it, you'll get some info or help as well. On a miss, they ask you to do something bad. If you fail a mission or refuse an order, you'll be in trouble with the sect until you atone. You also get three moves. Colin, why don't you tell me about the moves that you've taken for Grant? I took Ancient Fighting Arts, which is when using an old-fashioned hand weapon, you inflict plus one harm and get plus one when you roll to protect someone. Obviously, the sword that I've been using for the entire fucking game is counts as one of those, and I'm still trying yep. to figure out which other one I want to take, because I get two. Yes, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. The next move you took is... Mystic, every time you successfully use magic, take plus one forward. I wonder why I took that. Hmm, can't mm. imagine. Hmm. It's not like you've ever used magic before. I can't think I... of a single <laughs> instance where you've ever cast a spell on this podcast. Uh, and move number three is... Mentor. Uh, you have a mentor in the sect. Name them. So in this case, it's Sifu Ho. When you contact your mentor for info, roll plus sharp. On a 10 plus, get an answer to your question, no problem. On a 7 to 9, you choose. They're either busy and can't help, or they answer the question, but you owe a favor. On a miss, your question causes trouble. Also, the gear for the initiate is variable, and that's based on the tags that you took. If the sect has the tags Fighting Arts or Obsolete Gear, you can pick three old-fashioned weapons. If the sect has modernized or nifty gadgets, you can pick two modern weapons. Otherwise, pick two old-fashioned weapons and one modern weapon. So, Grant, as you get led through the armory, you've already got your sword, so that's one old-fashioned weapon. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do for the other one? Uh, Grant's looking around, trying to figure out which one calls to him. And he's a little scrawny boy, so those Big, that big sword and the big axe don't do much. We'll go with the mace. Okay. Two harm, hand, messy. That's, yep. that's identical to the sword. That's kind of weird. That is weird. I guess it's flavor. I guess. May, uh, you know, it, it, it's flavor in that one is like piercing and slashing damage and the other is crushing. So that yeah. can like be used in specific ways, like narratively. All right, if we run into skeletons, you are set. <laughs> yep. The sect also has 
armor that just comes with it. And it has the tags, one armor, heavy. So Colin, why don't you tell me about the armor design that this organization has? So basically, I, I said that they've been around since the Han uh, Which dynasty? I believe he's. I, I believe he's Han. Yeah. So it basically looks like a sort of modernized version of Hong Dynasty armor. It still has like the shoulder pads on it for flavor, but like other than that, it sort of fits the form better. Sort of more like Kevlar than a uh, than actual like super duper heavy armor although it is heavy specifically that is a tag it is still heavy like it weighs a lot but like that is but like at the cost of like you know modernizing it so that way it like you know keeps bullets out because let me tell you ancient armor does not do very good against guns no that was like (laughs) a whole thing in fact yeah so yeah they've updated it so that way it does do good against guns but as a result, it is still heavy as shit. Yep. Um, I was going to say, like, I had this cool idea where, like, it's sort of like the coins from the Knights of the Round Table, where it's contained in a thing, only instead of being, like, in a small coin, it's like in a face mask that's sort of shaped like a smiling ogre of some sort. Yeah, I'm willing to go with that. All right. One of... Now, let's, uh, let's talk about other moves. So... Armor doesn't stack. Right. And you do have your coin that is giving you two armor. However, we yes. did talk about this before the session, and we're going to get to this in a minute, but you are going to be losing a move. So here's the deal. As a combination of the tradition-bound and magical items traditions, it is a sort of secondary part of your initiation that you have to give a magical artifact as a gift all right so i'll take the uh i'll take the coin off and i'll sort of explain like this thing this coin i enchanted has protected me many times this year and parting with it is going to be a little bittersweet because i'm certain that i would have been dead without it and then i drop it into whatever the hell they want me to drop it into no, you're not dropping it. You're you are giving oh, it. it I'm, is, I'm giving. Yeah, it, yeah. It is being like entered into the magical item treasury, and so it is being uh, shown the appropriate reference. Okay. Coin for little coward boys. <laughs> <laughs> now, whenever they need to protect a small child, they'll have exactly what they need. Exactly. All right. So. Let's talk about the way I modify the class change. So, if you wouldn't mind switching back to the uh, the initiate. Oh, okay. So I was so I can I think try- about things. I was trying to get it so that way I could uh, just copy and paste suspicious bind, but uh, it doesn't oh, work that well, way. No, so that's that's fine. No, that's that, fine. Like, I, it's it's not letting me highlight it, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So here's the deal: is at this point, you had three out-of-class moves, in like fire quotes. Mm-hmm. Like moves that you took that were not in your class at the time that you took them. And you were losing one of them. And that was your Invincible from The Chosen. Yes. 
Now, you do get to keep all of these spell slinger moves that you had, and you get to keep all of your flake moves except for one. Okay. And I'm pretty sure you said you're just getting rid of connect the dots because that yeah, like connect the dots literally like I have not used it in three hunts. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it, and even when I used it, like I, I think I only ever asked one question out of it because like none none of them really fit. Is the thing. Yeah, and that and that's and that's just sort of like I'm, I'm hesitant to say that's on me, but that's just sort of like an artifact of how I'm structuring this campaign. Like yeah. your the individual hunts don't have a ton to do with the greater problem in and of themselves. So there's no like greater conspiracy to pull details out of in the like day-to-day hunting that you do. Right. Uh, so you do get to keep sneaky and suspicious mind. Okay. I'm putting those in right now. Right on. In terms of your advanced basic moves, previously you got to keep one. Now you get to keep two. Kick some ass and investigate a mystery. All right. I get to keep my haven now, right? That doesn't make sense for me to lose. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You got. I. I forgot to say haven, but yes, that was an in-class move for the flake, and so it's it's on the list of ones you get to keep. All right. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Your stats. So you have chosen a stat line here. Yep, it's a weird one, but the, the this was the closest one to fitting Grant that I could find in, in terms of the initiate's stat arrays, which is uh, Charm minus one, Cool one, Sharp zero, Tough one, Weird two. Yep. So for your first class change, I give you three plus ones and two minus ones. This mm-hmm. time you get four plus ones and two minus ones. Okay. Um, so plus one to sharp, plus one to charm, plus two to charm, actually, and plus one to tough, and then two minus ones, minus one charm, minus one cool. All right. So it's now zero, zero, one, two, two. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. And of course, your luck has been reset. And yep. I can't think of anything else. Can anybody think of anything that I've missed? Oh, I guess we never said what uh, what modern weapon you're taking. Uh, like, so all the modern weapons are guns, and Grant doesn't really use guns. If he's going to use a ranged thing, he has his magic, and so I don't I don't really see me taking any of those. Okay. Yeah. That's perfectly fair. Yeah. I'm surprised there's not like a taser or something. Yeah, like, like I, that. I would have a, I would, t- I would have taken a taser. Uh, we can maybe talk about that later. Okay. Uh, okay. So, and is there anything at all that I've forgotten? Mm, not that I can think of. All right. So after you have toured the facility and gotten your armor and your mace and fully digested your magical snake wine you are told that you may come and go at your discretion the front door will now open to you you are taught the hand signs to have the guards of the forbidden city leave you alone okay 
And uh, what would you like to do now? Well, Beijing's probably a hell of a city filled with tourist attractions. And you know what? I've Grant has shat on tourists in his life long enough. It's time that he was on the other side of the coin and decided to go be a shitty tourist. So let's go back up 10,000 stairs. Yup. <laughs> Once you get to the top, you don't feel as tired as you expect yourself to be. Huh. Fucked up on magic snake wine, I have no money, I barely speak the language, and I'm in a city I've never been to before. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of funny to think about, because uh, Actually, if Grant knows yeah, yeah. traditional Mandarin... No, if Grant knows traditional Mandarin, then he's basically walking around talking to people like greetings how art thou <laughs> yeah actually that does that hold on that does uh it also it does bring up a good point i am fucked up on magical snake wine you're not like high yeah i know but like and also i i kind of don't have money so instead let's let's uh go around the compound and you know I've never really swung. No, I was not trying to discourage you in I, any I way. I know, I know, but like this I'll, is the best plan. Yeah. Also, like your Sifu wants to celebrate with you. Oh like, yeah. Let's sure. go out to some like some like real Chinese restaurants. Yes, please. Let's do it. Yeah. So you, uh, you two, just like kind of have like a walking celebration for your initiation. Awesome. He takes me someplace like he, he's grown, he grew up here. So, and he's, he's been around alive longer than some of these, probably most of these restaurants. Yep. So he knows which ones are the good ones. The, the holiest hole in the wall. Yes. All right. So, and I say this knowing full well what it means to all of you, but good session, everybody. It was good. <laughs> it was a good session. It was a good it session. Was a, it was a good session. <laughs> Even if we had to split up a little bit. Boy, it sure is late. Boy, howdy. Sure, Boy, that howdy. sure was long. <laughs> we sure are weirdly full of energy given what hour it must be yeah wow <laughs> it's like I could stay up another four hours <laughs> uh, anyways so next time is going to be a hunt I am going to attempt to not have it be so long but also fuck you up at least that hard excellent can't wait to be the mm. most fucked up I've been in a long time because I only have one armor now. Kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Will do. Thank you for listening, folks at home. I hope you enjoyed yourselves, and I hope you will be here next time. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>